Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Hey listeners, Elliot J. O'Neill here, just to give you a heads up that this is part two of our two-part special looking at two-part episodes of The Simpsons. If you didn't listen to the previous episode of The Simpsons Index, uh, maybe you should. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do or anything, you're your own person, you can listen to this podcast in any order that you want. Look, if we had to consume things in their proper order, then we wouldn't have our other podcast, which is Thrones of Game, where we are watching Game of Thrones backwards. Alora. Anyway, I'm just saying that this is part two, and as expected, we reference things in part one, so if you want full content go listen to ep161 but if you want me to just get on with the damn podcast already then let's just eat the damn orange this is episode 162 part two of our two-part special looking at two-part episodes of the simpsons all right and welcome to the second part of our two-parter specials and we are once again joined by the crew from baby beard meter sean no (laughs) and ellen that's all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, and here as always, except when he's not BT Calloway. No, hoi hoi. And we just watched the second part to the HD era Future Jump episodes. We just watched season 25, episode 18, Days of Future Future. First released in April of 2014, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by J. Stuart Burns. Hey. In this episode... Yeah, it's a somewhat sequel to the last Future Jump mm. episode where Homer's now a screensaver, Bart's uh, doing a total recall, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind thing to forget gender, and Millhouse is a zombie. And let's not forget, Maggie doesn't exist, and neither does Lisa's kid. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah huh. we just kind of skipped past that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Maggie did exist. She was in the restaurant scene having dinner with Gerald, but yeah, you're right. Where was Zia? Mm. You know. Hey, guys, what'd you think? Oh. <laughs> Um, excuse me. Oh, so, guys, what the fuck happened in two years? Uh, Jay Stewart yeah. Burns, my dude. Same writer. Yeah. yeah. Like, if anyone has the ability to continue on that episode, it's the goddamn same person. Yeah. Oh. A lot of fuckery was happening in this episode. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Like, it's, it's weird. For myself, we still laughed at bits, but they were... Mm further and fewer in between and they weren't connected no and also some of them were nervous laughter yeah like oh 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 oh." also that was amy poehler yeah amy poehler returning uh i think yeah she's the one guest star of this episode playing gender Ah. so they have actually done a couple of other future jump episodes most notably in season 16 the episode future drama yeah where her character gender has a major plot in that and that's like uh when bart and lisa at the end of high school sort of thing yeah Mm. and that's not done by jay stewart burns interesting Mm. yeah wow you're quick on that googly uh, look, look <laughs> He's got it uh, right about, in front about of him. A, about a month ago, I moved the computer to the podcast table, and now that I've got it in front of me, I can't not use it. Yeah, so. we've yeah. got second screen <laughs> syndrome over here. But if you hear like a furious <laughs> clicking going over the next hour, it's just little on me. Yeah, well, what else would it be? <laughs> so yeah, let's hook into this episode and really dig into what the fuck just happened. Mm. BT, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Homer dies. A lot. <laughs> yeah. 127 times yeah, even. But uh, oh. more important than the, all the other times, the first time, Homer dies. Yeah. In like effectively current continuity, Homer dies. Yeah. Just, yeah. just let that sink in, <laughs> listening audience. 
He's dead. dies. That's him gone. Wait, is this canon? Like, is this... Are both of these considered... I mean, they have to be, because then, unlike the other Future Jump episodes, which are, you know, a gypsy's fortune-telling and uh, a magical fire, this one is implied that time passes and we watch that flow Mm. of time, just like the last one. So, if anything, these are more canon than the good ones. (laughs) And Homer (laughs) dies. Yeah. Homer dies. Say that a few more times. Yeah. I just, I really need that to settle in. It sounds like BT's like trying to reenact the uh, parrot shop sketch from Monty Python. He's not <laughs> pining, he's passed on. He's not pining he's not for pining the fjords. Bereft he's of a, life, he breathes no more. If he, he, if he had nailed him to his... Homer. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, to kill a prime character, sure, they clone him, but it's just... That's a shock to the system. And I was like, okay, then, you know, right before he dies the first time, he falls down some stairs and maybe this is all a hallucination dream. It mm-hmm. is, but not his. But we'll get into that. Anyway, Elliot, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Homer dying, yeah, to not have any impact as well. And the Har- uh, Marge just isn't at all freaked out that his clone is there, even though she's staring at her husband's dead body. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, also yeah. a clone is not a person. Like, they are a person, but they're not... I don't know. Like, if I died and there was a clone of me, that wouldn't be mm. me. That would just be okay. We're straying. Sure we're straying into yeah. like. Do we want to open yeah. this door? Yeah, which this is big it's, philosophical it's question. It's a transporter theory. Yeah, but like, just because it has my memories and my genetic code doesn't make that me. Just weird as well that no one's like still a bit sad that Homer died. Like, I don't yeah, know. that's your Homer. <laughs> yeah, even if I was a clone, I'd be like, damn, that's sad. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that yeah, that actually sets up a weird uh, like back continuity with the last episode because mm. yeah, that wasn't original Homer that we just saw in nope. the season twenty three episode. Nope. That was one of the clones <laughs> who decided not to wear his numbered shirt when we saw him. <laughs> yeah, mm. and if we're gonna past. take this as you know canon, um, Lisa's wedding that's not Homer. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god Every Jay, other time we've done? had a future yeah. jump Exactly <laughs> This is why I'm oh. upset oh, god. <laughs> What hell have you wrought uh, How about you Alan What stands out to you for better or worse I think my probably biggest laugh from this episode Was a sight gag of That groundskeeper Willie got eaten By boiler room rats <laughs> He got eaten alive by boiler room rats What a what a disturbing, fucked up little epilogue to a, a similar, a very well-known character just uh, b- brutally killed off in a... Eaten alive. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that and just like a few visual things, like Homer's proportions are fucked up. Yeah. Like his arms are so tiny for his body. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't... I mean, Simpsons proportions wouldn't make sense Anyway, because they're cartoons, but like, goddamn, does it look weird when you've only got the skeleton? Oh, Not to yeah. mention the box his cock came in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a fucking Flanders-sized box. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Flanders' big dick canon as well? I'm I'm not familiar. Oh yeah, with... he's got a. I mean, yeah. I believe it. I just want to know if they have talked about this before. <laughs> well, uh, they heavily implied it, mm. but it was a heavily blurred scene. But you know, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wouldn't need to heavily blur it oh. if he had a small dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got a hefty <laughs> dick. <laughs> That's a lot of blur there. A light blurring would have done, but no, they had ah. to go in a few more times. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, how about you, Sean? What turns out to you for better or worse? Homer ate Marge. Yeah, what the fuck? He, and like Mo, 
I am wildly unclear what that meant. Mm, what ramifications yep. that has. So was it love? Was it suicide? Was it a fucked up video game? Are they now one being? Does Marge mm-hmm. cease to exist? <laughs> I don't know. And that's pretty much what we ended with. Yeah, mm. that's well, one of the lasting images. It ties into my big problem with this episode, which is the fucking cop out. It was mm. all in your delusion, you know, as we were cutting the <laughs> memory ties, which they did in Futurama. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this was that Bender and X1 compatibility mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Like, yes, yes, except yes. Except there it was clever and fun. Mm. Yeah, but also in that one. Like, the problem with that I have with this episode is that it sets up a bunch of stuff before Bart goes in with this, like Millhouse Zombie, Homer clone dying, being a screensaver now, whatever. Then a whole chunk of the episode happens while he's done this thing, and then at the end, like, it even points out how it's like, oh, no, there's still a few things that happen. Like, it's just yeah. so confused and convoluted and, mm. uh, like, not even convoluted. It's just a cop-out. You shouldn't be scrambling to try and remember what has happened and what is part of the dream. Because as soon as he came out mm. and I realized there was still a few minutes of the episode left, I'm like, oh shit, okay, what is what has happened and what hasn't? What do I need to kind of focus on? And then yeah. for them to make jokes about it to further confuse you yeah. Yeah. and to hang a lampshade on, I'm like, that's not helping. Yeah. yeah, what really bugged me is the moment of heart that I thought was quite good in this was part of Bart's delusion that was not a part of anything where Marge says, when you make a decision with your heart, you've got to follow it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, because that wasn't in the... Yeah. No. It's... Look, I'm going to say it. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Play count. Have you seen this episode before today, BT? I don't think so, but maybe this is all a dream to help me you know, <laughs> come to terms with this episode. <laughs> How about you guys? No. Weirdly, I feel like I have. Really? I don't know. Or There's was certain... it a dream? <laughs> I had a dream about this episode. No, I remember the idea of Homer being a screensaver. I even remember the gag mm-hmm. of him being like, oh, there's a corner. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. And Marge mm. plugging herself in. But I don't remember watching the full episode. This came or... out in 2014, mind you. Oh, I've seen the full episode and I don't think I've seen the full episode. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Question mark from me. Yeah, this was so disappointing for me, I remember, in my first watch, because it's like, oh, okay, this continuity again, you know, and then just, oh, what a disappointment. And mm. yeah, I didn't even realise until you mentioned it, BT, yeah, mm. Lisa's daughter isn't in it at all, and it's just, whatever goodwill that they built up from the last one is just fucking wasted here. Yeah. yeah no Maggie as well. And Yeah. So how about the wackiness? Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, Over yeah. dies. <laughs> there are zombies. <laughs> And also, does that imply that in Bart's imagination, Lisa is a terrible, terrible, terrible person? Mm. She'd rather have Milhouse be a zombie for her own benefit. But when he came out of the thing, Milhouse was still a zombie. Yeah, but that's because yeah. they couldn't yeah. heal him. They couldn't not reverse. Oh, right. Lisa chose yeah, not right. to. Yeah, but she's still like turned on by it. Yeah. Like when yeah, he's like, oh, flower, she's like, oh. Oh, Bart imagined Lisa being turned on by a zombie. That's You know what? <laughs> Oh, wait. Was you know this... what's really fucked yeah. up? Yeah. Bart yeah. imagined Homer as a screensaver watching his own son, son fuck. Deliberately. Uh, yep. What is. That was in a dream. That is terrible. What? 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 Just why? why? Why would you do. How is that helpful? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, somehow <laughs> the fact that this was all part of Bart's fantasy does actually make it worse. Yeah. Like, not just. Like, it was already bad that Homer screensaver wanted to watch his son fuck, but, like. Uh, 
And yeah, all the women that Bart slept with as well. Uh, that's why they call you Mrs. Hoover. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, that is not a cool joke. Yeah, it does swat it away with like your apartment so well vacuumed or something. But also but still, that, but I'm like, still, what? Yeah, but then she says, I'll, I'll, "I'll do that for you to please my man." It's like you didn't make it better. Yeah, no. what are we time traveling back to the fucking fifties? What Warp. is this shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, weird. A future jump episode that also at the same time time travels backwards. <laughs> it's terribly regressive and like, no good. I mean, there's some interesting social commentary on um, Nelson's mum still having to be a sex worker even though she's like 87. Yeah, because mm. no social security, no social security, and the one Republican in <laughs> in the House yeah. and Senate still manages to out overpower all the Democrats. It's just like. I mean, it, it didn't get a laugh for me, but it get a, huh. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it got more of a goal. <laughs> oh. oh, for real. Yeah, but uh, working at, it wasn't Jurassic Park, it was Cretaceous Park. Mm. And did anyone like also get the vibes like this was at least a couple of years before Jurassic World, but Nelson was really rocking some Chris Pratt and Jurassic World vibes in this episode. Huh. <laughs> I didn't notice it, but I'm with you on that. Oh, yeah, I guess he was pretty sexist, huh? And like, (laughs) I gotta say, I love Nelson's sensual ha ha. Ha ha. (laughs) I did quite like his pickup line of, uh, I love your perfume. Can I smell you later? Oh. (laughs) Just buttery smooth. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the worst pickup line in the world, but (laughs) I'd I'd go with him. But pickup lines generally aren't good anyway, (laughs) no matter how good they are. You need to get a laugh out of it, not a you know pickup line. It's a joke, so yeah. That's, that's why most people on Tinder open with puns. Yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other wacky moments? Uh, yeah, the one that actually got a decent chuckle out of me is <laughs> the, uh, when Bart is at Cretaceous Park and he um he's getting better at his job, so he bring he's part of the show now. Brings the T Rex out and he's like, oh, now you can do your juggling at. Throws the ball <laughs> to the T Rex. T Rex drops it. Everyone laughs, and then there's just a single tear yeah. down yeah. the T Rex. It got a nice little aw moment little for me, thing. Yeah. which is still funny, but also aw. <laughs> T Rex. Oh, uh. That's where your Tinder profile opens with you. <laughs> <laughs> with a good pun. Yep. Uh. yep. Um, Actually, my Tinder profile opens with Hi, my name's Elliot. You can make fun of my name by calling me either Smelliot or Peanut Butter Jelliot. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh, I love Jerry, actually. Yeah. I really I, love Jerry. In my notes, it literally says, Jerry seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, the nice little pause he gives after, yeah, she's just coming out of the shower. Yes. <laughs> and he just like, st- with his arms folded as well, very mm. like, yeah, oh, yeah. macho. Yeah. yeah. Did you clock that thorax? He clearly works out every day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It's nice that he's like trying to be nice. Civil. Yeah. You know, and be mm-hmm. like, oh, you're hitting the gym? Like, you're looking good, you know? <laughs> it's like that yeah. awkward small talk that you're like, oh, just shut the fuck up, Jerry. But at, <laughs> at the same time, you're like, oh, come on, he's trying. Yeah. 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 Like all yeah. Jerry's. <laughs> I liked the joke with Milhouse using Ralph to beat up the uh, bullies. And even Ralph had a really good line, uh, up is down, I need backup. And then he gets up and he's like, I'm back up. Yay. I think his whole bit was great when it's like Ralph shows up and he's like, we are, we are, we are. What seems to be the what's he here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be a gag of when he asked for backup, just a fuck ton of Ralphs were going to appear and we're just going to get another mass <laughs> Ralph genocide again. 
Good uh, point. I'm surprised <laughs> it wasn't in an episode where Homer dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know cloning tech is a thing. Yeah. Groundskeeper Willie got eaten by rats. Eaten mm. alive by rats. Oh, this implies that he wasn't loved enough to be cloned. Or wasn't simple oh. enough, uh, I suppose. Oh, he oh right, wasn't... because, yeah, that was a joke. I was going to do it on a sheet, but I needed something more simple. Um, <laughs> I loved the lightsaber Oh, the flick knife. Uh, dagger, yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. so stupid, but I love flick it. <laughs> it's just like, well, it doesn't yeah. even need to flick no. then. <laughs> just... Yeah, it's sort of that part of it that I liked. But yeah, the whole Lisa falling head over heels in love and finding zombie Millhouse interesting is just such a weird angle for this yeah. episode to take. Yeah. I mean, I know it was Bart's imagination, but when she's all like, oh, some meat rotted in our fridge the other night, and I was like, oh, oh. I kinda, for a vegetarian as well. That's true. That is true. I might be the uh, odd one out. I kind of found that kind of interesting. I, I don't know. I found it funny. Yeah, because like I yeah. get Millhouse is so bland. He's just vanilla. And he's like vanilla, but then also neurotic as well. So it's not like it's annoying vanilla. <laughs> it's just like, um, and like you know, there's quite a flavor at uh, Baskin uh, Robbins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> neurotic, annoying vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense as well with Lisa, like you know, her past attraction to like Nelson. Yeah, it's this idea that's very ingrained in women of like. Oh, I, if they're bad or you know mean mm. or they don't say a lot, it's because there's a lot going on underneath that I can fix. Or you know, like <laughs> yeah, the less right. you say, the more. Well, oh, he wants to stand up the, for me. The by, more intrigue mm. there is. Um, Not only he's a bad boy, he's a going bad boy. It reminded me a lot. There's this uh, little Australian comedy movie called The Little Death, which is about like. It's kind of like a movie that follows like a whole bunch of different couples, but then one of them is that uh, man and wife, and they're trying to get pregnant. But she realizes she can only orgasm when he's crying, but she doesn't tell him that, <laughs> and she only realizes that like his dad dies, and then they have sex, and she like manages to orgasm like for the first time in in their married life, and then the whole thing is her trying to like. You know, she just keeps chopping onions, and he's like, "Why do you keep chopping? I don't want onions anymore." Like, you know, or she'll like deliberately try and upset him yeah. before sex, so that you know he's crying, and so that she can like. It's really fucked up, but I, it's a really interesting comedy. I highly recommend. Yeah, and I kind of liked that angle for Lisa. I like it when she's a bit fucked up because you know it makes her more interesting too. But then there's a question of this happened in Bart's imagination. Yeah, the fucking line that we have to draw with this episode is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to get past that, to be honest. (laughs) And Homer as well, like getting the Bart's kids to melt him as well. So he Mm. can be that Terminator robo-skeleton thing. Man. Was that pre-dream? That was during the dream. Basically, the button on the end of the third act, Mm -hmm. that's post and then like. Everything before the second act is that actually happened. So mm. he still died a whole bunch. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Homer still died. Yeah. <laughs> Did he become Bicentennial Man in the last part? Was that what it was meant to be? <laughs> this episode yeah, was about uh, as good as Bicentennial Man. So. Oh. Yeah. oh. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the sophisticated Homer bot as well. Mm. Uh, I do believe that would be a woohoo. Uh, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Mm. You're not hidden uh, as a bot. Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> hidden as a bot would not stand for this. Especially because he does not stand. He is always lounging around. <laughs> and just remember, Homer and hidden as a bot have fucked. I try oh, not that's to remember. Right. Try not to remember that. <laughs> the things we repress, man. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good like indication of how fucked up this episode is just through a, a bit of beautifully drawn animation. Barney has a really horrified, confused, befuddled reaction shot when Homer sends his robot body down to the pub to <sighs> drink. This and makes then, no sense. Why? Yeah, and then the body just walks behind the bar and like pours from the tap right into its body and Barney's mm-hmm. expression is just like so perfect because it's exactly what my face was doing then it was just like a mixture of what the fuck why the mm. fuck how the fuck who the fuck all, yeah. all I, I, of them I know we've been stuck on wackiness for a while Elliot sorry but yeah it's just, it's just that you know in contrast to what I said last week this is all random stuff and it doesn't stick to the characterization of the characters that we know. Unlike the last episode, it made narrative and character sense. This doesn't at all. Mm. Yeah, I only just realized that uh, in the last one, Homer had quit drinking, and uh, that's gone now. Well, he's a robot now, so he's back (laughs) on the source. Does that matter? I mean, does it matter that his brain, which wasn't part of that robot body that he's having beer poured into it, does that make robot drunk? Oh, wait, was this also part of Bart's (laughs) fantasy? Yeah, it was. God, just... mm. Uh... Also, that's the thing I forgot to say before about Homer with the robot body as well. It was done in very much, again, that Futurama episode with uh, Lucy Lubot. Where, yeah, you had a blank robot and then, like, superimposed an image on it. But then his skeleton reflected him. Fucking hell. Uh, Yeah, we've been stuck (laughs) on the wackiness for so long because I don't think the heart question is going to have much material. Did you guys feel the heart? Nope. I felt my heart beating away slowly (laughs) as I uh, creep towards death. All right, let me me think about this. Let me think (laughs) properly. Was there actually any emotional beats worthwhile no no marge no one cares that homer dies at all Mm. no no one cares that not lisa not bart nor marge really cares that they're having marital problems the only thing that even came remotely fucking close was that speech with um mart mart bart Bart, lisa and marge in the which was kind of this episode's version of the treehouse yeah Yeah. scene but it doesn't really Earn it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't stick the and landing. Which is such a shame. And it shame. doesn't count because it was no. all in Bart's head. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Bart's fantasy about breaking up and finally getting over gender, that should have some weight. But in this little fantasy sequence where he sleeps around and then he gets back together with her and then they're just bored with each other, this it wasn't a good arc. No. no. So, no is the answer. <laughs> yeah, not heart at all. No, no. B- b- bumps. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? No. It, it felt like a felt like a weird fever dream. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it felt like a new Simpsons episode. <laughs> like it felt like what I thought the previous episode was going to be coming into it. It's what I was. My body was ready for. It's just wholeheartedly disappointing, yeah. and I hate <laughs> being that down about a show that I love and have very fond memories of. Yeah. Um, but we're what twenty five seasons through at the point of this episode. Yep. God damn. And 30 and a half at the point of right now. <laughs> it's just weird because they've proven in season 23, mm. as far as I've seen so far, that it is possible to make mm. not shit. Yeah. To make this a good very episode, writer yeah. did that. Oh, yeah. And in this season as well, uh, episode reviewed with Pods in the Key in Springfield, don't forget to like and subscribe. Yep. <laughs> there was this episode called The War of Art where mm. Homer and Marge buy a painting at Kirk and Luann's garage sale that turns out to be worth a fortune. And wow. it, yeah, it's from this same season. And it's this really interesting exploration of these characters and this situation. that are in. So yeah, even this season, 
has its moments, but mm. it's also the season with an episode that's actually titled YOLO. So, uh, oh. anyway, yes or no, would you watch this again? No. 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 <laughs> Ellen, we'll start with you this time. What would you like to change? Um, yeah, floor's yours. Fuck. This just, <laughs> I don't know what's most interesting in this episode, because I guess you like zero in on what you find most interesting and try and kind of rebuild the plot around that. Mm. I guess what would be the anchoring thing for me would be, yeah, maybe the kids trying to figure out what their damage is with relationships and try and reconcile it through Marge and Homer, who, while have not had a stellar relationship, I I always say the best thing about Homer Simpson is how much he loves Marge and, like, you know, how much Marge loves Homer and, and that they have a relationship that is so... That can still be so fraught and like sitcommy, but but at the same time can have so many layers of warmth and depth to it, and we get to explore it outside of the bounds of you know the nagging housewife and the deadbeat kind of dad. Like we get to see that they do truly love each other, despite that they don't seem matched at all. Like, and so I think there could have been a nice thing where they try and look at Homer and Marge's relationship and try and figure out what is good about it. That would be how I would kind of work this episode and just, I don't know, I would take it right back to the drawing board and just go, what kind of story do you want to tell here? Yeah. How about you, BT? I think something that would move this to at least a passable episode for me is instead of the whole it's all a dream thing, Lisa makes a decision of, you know what, living Mel House may not be the perfect man, but he's the man I married and I've got to follow my heart decision. Marge makes a similar kind of statement about that. Bart's like, no, nah, screw that. I know a place that'll just make me feel better. Runs mm. back to the total recall thing. And they're like, yeah, you know our service doesn't actually work, right? This was kind of a magic shoes thing where getting over your ex was inside you all along. And uh, we're actually frauds. You know, because <laughs> then at least you don't have this erasing of everything we've gone through in this episode where we were just all sitting there confused as to what actually happened, what didn't, and what are we taking away from this? It's not great, but it makes me less angry, so that's a start. Mm. And yeah. then there's about 500 other things I would change. But you know. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Yeah, it's interesting because what the fuck is this episode trying to say? Mm. Like, if you look at Holidays yeah. of yeah. Future Past, it's it's very much focusing on the familial relationship. It's looking at from, you know, father to son and from mother to daughter. Those are kind of your anchoring mm. points. This episode, I feel it's like they looked at that and went, okay, we did familial relationships. Now let's do our romantic relationships. And they've, like, tried to anchor it between... Bart and gender and Lisa and Milhouse, but it's just there's nothing to grab onto. So besides the obvious thing changing, which is stick to your fucking guns and don't erase half your episode, mm-hmm. like that aside, kind of similar to what we said we would do with holidays past, like put more of the focus on Lisa in that episode, and really I would have put more of a tighter focus if you want to have a protagonist for that episode on her and her relationship with both Marge and Zia. Mm. This episode, I would focus more on Bart and gender and make that your A plot and then have uh, Lisa and Milhouse be more of a B plot and just really, you know what? You don't need to end it nicely. It can be a whole thing of sometimes, like you see with my mum and my dad, they really work hard to make it work. And despite all else, it actually works. Mm. I've tried that with this and sometimes it just doesn't. And it's going to take me a while to reconcile with that but i can reconcile that because not every relationship is destined to be worked out successfully yeah and that's okay yeah yeah and 
yeah, look, as for what I'd change, yeah, look, fuck off the whole Eternal Sunshine thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't help. And I think you need to remember the episode that came before it, the episode mm-hmm. that was liked. <laughs> like, mm. people loved this episode. Hayden Childs of the AV Club gave it an A. And I think it's an interesting thing that Bart's got, like, a solid job in, you know, Dinosaur Zoo. And <laughs> I think that's an interesting character trait of his where he's doing better career-wise, but he mm. still hasn't got the greatest relationship with his kids and he's got some hang-ups about his ex-wife and but i it's think still progress yeah. yeah yeah showing that progress but also showing how he's still struggling uh, i think it'd be interesting and more lisa caring for zombie millhouse i think find out why lisa went with him in the first place because that's the other thing i'd scrap about the other episode and yeah you said it as well ellen we don't want to see her settle for millhouse mm. yeah we can accept in Lisa's wedding that she likely lost her virginity to him, but, you know, <laughs> as Marge said, Millhouse doesn't count. He doesn't count, no. <laughs> and also, Screen Homer was having fun with Bart's kids. I want to see more of that. I don't know hmm. why Marge kicked him out of the house. He, I wanted to see like Screen Homer be like better as a computer programmer yeah. than he mm. was in real life. He adapts better to being a screen dad then he has any right to. Like, mm. it's like, oh, this yeah. is actually a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, when he doesn't have, like, the temptations in the physical world of beer and food, like, yeah, just has time to be a productive personality. And Yeah, it could be an interesting transition from him. He's like, well, I can't eat or drink, and I love doing those things. What do I do now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, so we are here. Ellen, do you have any other notes? Oh, there was one gag I did laugh at, and it was... Bart and Krusty the yeah, Clown yeah. <laughs> in a clown orgy and all the clowns just keep coming out from underneath the bed. That look. <laughs> yeah, that tickled me. Look, it's There's uh, two it's words that are together now. Clown orgy. <laughs> oh, they've been oh, together they've been, for a while. They've been together before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, how great if you honk someone's boob and it went, literally went. Uh, <laughs> Either oh that god. or no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And that's not a squirting flower either. Oh, oh semen. Da, 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 um. <laughs> um, Thanks, dude. <laughs> b- uh, here at Ellen's Fashion Corner. Wink. Wink. <laughs> Just like the future dresses of those two girls that Bart hit on in his dream, maybe? I don't know. One of them in a peach dress. It's like a little mini dress. And it's like very provocatively cut out, like above the kind of collarbone and neckline, it's just got like a cutout and then kind of cut out around the hips as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. a sexy little dress. Yeah, it's sort of interesting, these dresses that in Futurama and this, like the cutouts, like these dresses like must have been fit exactly for that exact person's body type. Cause, yeah. And yeah. the suggestion they, they accentuate different cutouts as well throughout the ages. Yeah. Like, you know what's in right now? Hips. <laughs> yeah. You know what's in right now? That <laughs> tiny little bit above the hip. Yeah. Yeah, Very, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that bit. Uh, that was it. Uh, that was Ellen's Fashion Corner. <laughs> Wink. Wink. Um, <laughs> All right, BT, any other notes? Always. We get a little quick flash of Lisa's goth phase again. I kind of want to spend some time there. I want to see Lisa the goth. That's uh, interesting yeah. to me. That I was like in that Lisa. episode where she was trying Raven to... Raven never smiles when she was trying to reinvent herself. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, there's also, I mean, in the previous one, you got it when they were going through the couches throughout the years. There was a little bit of Lisa goth. I'm curious. I want to see it. Yeah. Again, that weird kind of silence is pervasive throughout this one. They just need some background ambience and some transitional music. Uh, did we talk about Santa's little hybrid yet? No, not yet. That exists. Because oh, no. <laughs> especially when we had the pets that had evolved. So yeah. they evolved and now they de-evolved them and then stitched them together. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you can see a pet human war probably happened. Yeah. yeah unless an, an evolved version did that in some yeah, kind of maybe. horrifying, like, Mengele kind of experiment. I don't know. Oof. Mm. Oof. That's <laughs> gross. Gross. And my final point is something Sean already said, but it bears repeating. What's the point of this episode? <laughs> I, we've done a pretty thorough review and I I don't know <laughs> how yeah. about you Sean what are your final notes yeah look I've been pretty much universally negative about this episode so I'm going to use this point to say all the little positive things that I got little chuckles at hmm. so mm-hmm. all we did was yell travelling at the screen um, <laughs> yeah. I love that Homer has no idea about sport that's great mm-hmm. my yep. favourite death was Homer number 5 dying through the toaster and then Homer number 6 comes over grabs Homer 5's hand and eats the toast mm. with assistance um, Sean's favourite Homer death was number five. Sorry. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> hey, that's my death tally. Oh, God, it's so big. Oh, um, yeah. 127 oh. Homers at, at least. least. Yeah. Uh, Cremo, the cremating robot, robot, tries to go for Grandpa because he thinks Grandpa's <laughs> dead. <laughs> Fucking great. Anything to do with screensaver Homer, like him bopping through the screen, him playing Chasey. It's lovely. It's like, it's yeah. beautiful. Mm. Uh, it's not beautiful, but it's disgusting. <laughs> I love it. The alien, well, Jerry kissing oh. gender. Yeah. Not mm, a fan of that. Uh, yeah. But Internal I am. Really, oh. yeah. really makes you think about alien. Maybe mm. the xenomorph was just trying to get a little kiss. Mm. Some love <laughs> oh. <laughs> was a little too <laughs> zealous with it and kept smashing through people's skulls. <laughs> I'll just give you a little kiss. Oh, I killed you again. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, I must have recorded over dad. <laughs> with words that the real housewives of Venus. <laughs> and also you can't record over a USB. <laughs> this isn't That's tape. what I was thinking. And if VHS. he's recording over Homer, then he ceases to exist, right? Like, oh, <laughs> fuck that joke. Sorry. Uh, um, I have a question because it's also a note. Have they brought back Icarumba in the HD era? Or is this just oh. like a one-time thing? aggressively and egregiously like i thought so they treat it as a punchline like the phrase i caramba was always inherently funny and mm. uh it mm. drives me up the wall no. <laughs> and my final note is i just like seeing marge with a beer in her hand yeah, yeah. we haven't we haven't seen marge drunk a lot i definitely haven't oh, or if I've, it's usually with wine mm. or like yeah. a, a nice little glass but it's just her with a duff in her hand and yeah. i really dug it yeah, go back to season one, the one where they go to Marvin Monroe, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, drink the drink that I have made. Yeah, they do have this whole <laughs> song and dance number with Drunk Marge. It's amazing. Elliot, you can you please do punch? your Marge again? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Julie Kavanagh's right here. Wow. I don't sound like that. <laughs> there was also the Halloween Treehouse of Horror where it's like a play and Homer dies mm. in it and Marge gets hooked on beer that happens to be infused with Homer's blood. Oh, oh. Jesus. This what? warm and rosy bubbles in my nosy makes me want to have mo. Anyway. What the what do you, what fuck do you mean it's wrong? infused with his blood? What the fuck? Treehouse of Horror 20. Go check it out okay. if you can. None more goth, <laughs> I guess. I mean... Uh, what's her name? Mary Shelley did like keep her husband's heart in a jar in her desk, but like mm-hmm. that's Fuck. that's so much worse. <laughs> she was a weird lady. That's not just like a fake heart that like the sushi that they have out the front of the restaurants. And, <laughs> sushi <yeah>. fake. <laughs> sushi fake. <laughs> oh yeah, and the classic eras had a habit when they do like a back jump episodes, flashback episodes, that's what they call them, <laughs> where they show Hibbert's different <laughs> hairstyles through the ages. Yeah. And I like that they kept it up here where he had this Future like hair, yeah. Yeah, graying little 
Oh, uh, yeah, flat cars. yeah. I'm sorry. I can't get over back jump, though. We got to back Actually, jump to the future. <laughs> um, I may have to check, but that may be the same haircut that. Mm, what's his name? Total yeah. Recall? No. Dennis um, Rodman? Fifth Element? Yeah, no. Dennis Rodman in uh, Demolition Man has. Oh, really? It might be. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe it. You don't sound wrong. And time for my final notes, and I don't have many. We were actually pretty thorough with this one. Mm. Old Duffman made me very sad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And what was with the weird post-credits uh, next week on The Simpsons thing? Yeah. Like, was that the Mad Men episode that you were talking about? Mm. No. Oh. <laughs> And so yeah, the not... next episode after this, I checked, just had nothing to do with any of those scenes. It was just this weird little post-credits thing. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so th- that was all footage that is not part of any episode that we know of? No, just used for this one in this episode only. Fuck? Like The joke I... was that it's setting up something that doesn't exist. That's not a joke. But that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a part of this episode's problem. <laughs> all right. God. But before we rank this thing, we actually do have one more question, but I'm not going to ask it. BTS. Have we not done this? I not with know. these guys, actually. That's no. amazing. Oh. All right. Well, we have a question for our guests. We like to pop on them. Uh, basically, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Now, if that Ooh. question is too hard, because it is one of the hardest questions you'll be ever asked in your life, the simpler version is, what's the best sandwich? Ellen, you're Italian. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. Uh, no, I, I got an idea for, like, fillings. I can't definitively say like what's the best sandwich because as a vegetarian a lot of options aren't really available to me like uh, just tell me what's on your sandwich what well, is the ellen yeah <laughs> thank you as in do, is it is it what your favorite sandwich is or what would make up like what is the essence of ellen in sandwich <laughs> form uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's like a, <laughs> me and a, a sandwich. local sandwich shop is like hey we love you how about we make a sandwich named okay, after sure, you sure, what sure, would sure. you want to be on that sandwich yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Okay, so it's definitely got avocado as mm-hmm. the kind of like spread. And then, you know what? I'm going to be a bit fancy. I'm going to put a little mustard <laughs> on there as well, like proper mm. Dijon mustard, like yeah. proper seed mustard. Then I want to put a fried egg, roasted capsicum, sun-dried tomato, red onion, spinach. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be good. So is this toasted is my next question. This yeah, sounds it, definitely, like it, be it definitely needs right. to be toasted because the insides are quite like watery. So you're going to mm. really need some kind of like thick toasted bread to kind of just like yeah. contain it all and help you mop up the egg yolk. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. I love a good egg yolk mop. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's the Ellen. Enjoy. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Okay, I've been What's like, on the shore? I've, I've just I think been he's actually out. writing it down. Yeah, I've been trying to like <laughs> visualize my sandwich, and I'm just gonna. Get it? Are you, you want to read, read it? it out? I really want to read it. You can read um, it. This is my monologue <laughs> for today. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's unfinished, or maybe it's finished. Can Who knows? It? No, it's finished. Yeah. Fuck this. Um, sandwich, toasted, Helga bread, feta cheese. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's a complicated Sounds like sandwich. a weird slam poem. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to put anything on that. Uh, else on that, just a bit of cheese you and ha- fuck. You haven't told us how to assemble it. No, nope. you've got to just. That's uh, the Sean. Do I swear at the sandwich? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So what happens is the person comes up. You ask for the Sean. He gets bread. <laughs> he toasts. He toasts it. He puts feta cheese on it. 
and then yells fuck and throws it at you. <laughs> so it's like an event. <laughs> it's an experience. You have to feel a certain thing. It's like when you have it prepared at the table side. It's like, you know, the chef's going to come out to your table so they can yeah. yell fuck at you. <laughs> this is my favourite entry since Madison just literally wanted a pile of ham. <laughs> and I and I deliberately said he. It's just like an aggressive man. It's just like, yeah. fuck! And just throws it at you. I, I can imagine Gordon Ramsay would make a beautiful Sean. <laughs> a beautiful oh, Sean. He would. He would indeed. Oh, yeah. It's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we're accusing our six-point scale starting at the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just bleh, you give a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. Now I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Despite a lot of the negatives that I had about this episode, there were a handful of jokes that I liked, and I am just going to give it a participant, but look, barely, fucking barely. And who's next? How about Sean? Yeah, participant's the same. I put a little smiley face next to it just so I didn't seem too aggressive. But yeah, participant for me as well. It's not the worst of the worst. Like, as I said in my positive notes, I got some chuckles, I got some laughs, and like, it's not the worst episode I've seen mm-hmm. by a stretch. So it's got a few bits of funnies and a few nice visual gags that I was like, yeah, that's that's all right. So you know what? You're not a complete dud, but you've, you're very fucking close. Mm. Especially coming after the last episode. Uh, how about you, BT? After careful consideration, failure. Um, look, I just, I hate that it was all a dream because anything I enjoyed from mm. the episode no longer matters and I was just confused as what was real and what was not meant to be real and more than anything, the moral Bart learns in the parts that now were just his fantasy, he didn't learn them, he still took the easy way out of getting over his ex, he didn't learn the lesson, no one around him did anything, nothing changed, it just, it made the entire episode redundant. And all I take away from it is Homer is dead. So, uh, into the depths of hell. It, like, it's not the worst episode ever, but it belongs in hell, so fuck off. He's an mm. ex-Homer. <laughs> uh, how about you, Ellen? Can you please finish it off? Finish him. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say failure. I know I'm, I must seem pretty harsh, but... Uh, I just told it to go to hell. You're fine, don't worry. Yeah, well, the whiplash of having... A few good gags in there in this just kind of like it's tonally dissonant as well. I don't know who it's for. I don't know what it's about or who we're meant to be following. It's got definitely no heart and that doesn't need to be in every single episode. But but it's just a blancmange of like misused ideas and characters not acting correctly, like not acting in character. And I think... A lot of things in entertainment have to be earned. I'm not saying, you know, like, don't challenge your audience, but if you're going to kill off a major character as a part of a gag, I think you have to build a better episode around it. So, yeah, that's me. Hey, Elliot, have you ever had someone change their score midway through the voting (laughs) process? Yep. Well, even BT, uh, he has the clause that he's allowed the right to blurt something out later. And if you change your mind after the podcast, as long as it hasn't been released yet, you can call our other guest, Jordan, up at 3am in the morning to change your rank. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I do that right now? Hey, Jordan. Uh, absolutely. A Jordan would much rather that. <laughs> okay. I'm giving it a failure. Here's why. It's a redundant episode. There's no character arc. No one learns anything. The characters don't act like themselves. There's no protagonist, no heart. It's a bad continuation of a good episode, and they killed their central character. 
And it's funny you do that because I'm also changing my <laughs> ranking. <laughs> Ellen and BT made some fucking yes. compelling arguments. Yeah. And I know. Won the day. <laughs> Join I don't us. think we've ever had two people fucking flip. No, but... it's the first time ever. Yeah. No. And, I, and I mean, I even said it was barely a fucking participant. Mm. But no, no, it's barely a fucking participant. It's a failure. Yeah. This makes this a unanimous failure. We oh, yeah. are giving this episode <laughs> the index finger. Oh, hey. This will be the sixth episode from season 25 to get the finger. Oh. It'll be joining the incredibly racist episode Homerland. Mm-hmm. This is the episode where Lisa deduces that Homer's going to pull off a terrorist act because he's doing Muslim stuff, like praying to the Eastern, oh, uh, refusing to eat pork and stuff. It is a bad racist episode. It'll also be joining White Christmas Blues, which is a very confused Christmas episode. The Man Who Grew Too Much, which is where Sideshow Bob changes his DNA and (laughs) becomes a superhuman. Uh, These are things that happened. Uh, Luca Dollar, where Lisa falls in love with a guy that like gets into competitive eating, and he's played by Zach Galifianakis. Mm. And also the crazy ass episode, what to expect when Bart's expecting when Bart gets his art teacher pregnant with voodoo. I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? Uh, Quite literally, Bart gets his art teacher pregnant with voodoo. That that explains nothing. No. That's uh, what happened. uh, Do you want me to raise further questions? Later (laughs) in the episode, Fat Tony kidnaps Bart and Homer to get his racehorse pregnant with another horse. But for whatever reason, voodoo doesn't work with horses. So Homer and Bart do a Les Miserables parody to get two horses to fuck. That's why I kind of love that episode. It sounds so made up. I can hear the jaws. Their jaws hit the table, didn't they? The mullets have been stunned. All right, and before we move on, we must ask, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. He gave this a C, so this is, this is their failure. Okay. Well, maybe even like dull parts. Anyway, losing much of the heart of its predecessor in favour of the sort of ill-conceived and contradictory character arcs the latter Scattershot Simpsons has become notorious for. Days of Future Future reveals a series willing to shrug off what still could be. Instead, this Future Simpsons world seems just a playground for writers to use up whatever Futurama jokes they had left over. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that's Sounds a pretty good right. review. I'm with you, Perkins. And like, if there was a kind of like mid, like in mm-hmm. this rating thing, if the, if there was a way to give it like an F plus, <laughs> shiny, shiny <laughs> failure. Yeah, you're a D minus. Like, mm. I'd probably go for something like that. But yeah, it's not. It's not good. I couldn't think of a good word for it, so it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Yeah, that about does it for this section of the two-part episode. But, you know, before we leave you baby bearders, you know, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. Mm. Oh, thank you for having us. It was very Uh, nice. It's always a pleasure uh, having you guys on. And, yeah, why don't you tell the folks uh, uh, who listen to this show what you guys do on your shows? Do you want to take Shut Up? Oh, shucks. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, Shut Up. Take my podcast (laughs) is... uh, is our Futurama podcast where we pit episode against episode in a bloody glorious gauntlet battle for the entertainment of many. Yeah, and not only do we do that, we also get to talk to some of the people who made Futurama. And yeah, they tell us some really wild stories and 
So yeah, check it out. And yeah, just on that as well, a recent episode, Ellen, that you hosted with uh, Crystal Chesney Thompson and Amy Steinberger. Oh my God, that was they, just such a joyous episode. They are I, so cute. They're adorable. And I just want yeah. them to adopt me and be my mum's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely loved that. Um, and the other podcast we do is Roll to Cast, which is a tabletop yes. role-playing podcast where each season we'll be tackling a different uh, role-playing system. And by the time of this episode coming out, we will have just finalized and completely finished season one of our Cyberpunk 2020 campaign. Wow. Uh, mm. So what you can also look forward to in the next couple of weeks is uh, we will also be doing an interview with Mike Pondsmith, the creator of Cyberpunk 2020. Um, oh, wow. we, shit. Before we yeah. head on to season two, which will be Vampire the Masquerade yeah. that we tackle. And nice. this is a great time for people to jump on Roll to Cast as well, because like Sean said, we'll be finished. So you can get in and binge, binge. the whole season. And it is a twisty one. There's mm. heists. There's fucking rock concerts. You name it, we got it. So, it, yeah, if you really kind of want to listen it, listen to it from start to finish, you will be able to do that. Hell yeah. Oh, it's been one of the great joys of my week listening to this show <laughs> week to week. And like, and this is from me that's like not normally a D&D or tabletop podcast fan. Mm. But, yeah, I really like the effort you guys have put in. And, like, your characters are so great. And the music, oh, my God. And, yeah, Ellen, yeah. the songs that you had been uh, singing on are just fantastic paul goodman from one good thing yeah. made all, all the music oh yeah so paul goodman from one good thing another friend of the show mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very nepotistic in here yeah. i like it <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh, yeah. man we appreciate friends of all the shows <laughs> <laughs> no, like and subscribe to all <laughs> yeah thanks man we appreciate the nice words yeah oh absolutely uh, my pleasure and yeah can't wait to hear what you guys do with vampire the masquerade i know i'm pumped All right, guys. Well, that's it for this section. And we will be back with our review of Brawl in the Family. And we are back. And joining me for this lineup of part two of our teens episode Vegas wife story thing is Claire Double R. Hello. Jordan Frost. Hi there. Danny Rosewell. Ahoy, ahoy. And here as always, except when he's not BT Calloway. This microphone is still tickling my mustache. <laughs> Even all this week later. Mmm, week. We just watched Season 13, Episode 7, Brawl in the Family. First released in January of Ought 2, it was directed by Matthew Nastuck, written by Joel H. Cohen. In this episode, the Simpsons family get into a fight over Monopoly and the police take them away Mm. and then they get assigned a caseworker to help Mm. them work together. But then the Vegas wives show up and wreck everything or something. Guys, what do you think? It was a bit of a mess, eh? Mm. But not a bad mess, but not a good mess. Yeah. I got some yucks. Yeah. I quite enjoyed the first half. I quite enjoyed the second half. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Look at these two. Well, I, f- I did feel like the idea of suddenly pulling the wind out of your sails like halfway through. Mm. Bet you didn't see that coming. Lol, oh. totally different episode. Mm. Yep. It-, it was funny. Maybe just because it wasn't the standard first act breaky thing. I, I sucked think, me yeah, in. Yeah. You know what? Now that you've said that, that's pretty good. I think I spent the first half being like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> when are the <laughs> Vegas wives showing For up? For real. Because that's and the only part of the episode I remember. I had no idea who that Gabrielle guy was. It had that story structure, so it really felt like the whole episode was wrapping up. I thought we were like near the end of the episode as they were going home singing their songs and everyone learned a little something. Well, they did like sort of meta explain, you know, is this the end of our series? 
of adventures. Yeah, hated yeah. now. I get what you're saying, and it is a bit of a good move to sweep the rug from out from you, but it does happen, yeah, at the end of the second act, which does make the whole Vegas Wives storyline thing feel a bit crammed, it I think. It feels a bit exhausting, because you've just had this whole arc, and you were like emotionally ready for the end of the episode, and suddenly you're, you're supposed to get totally invested in a whole new arc. Yeah, I think if they just picked up the pace in the first half a little bit, and you know, maybe just had it at the end of the first arc, then you'd still have enough time that the second part wouldn't feel rushed and the first part wouldn't feel pointless mm-hmm. because it's so, you know, the fact that they put all this work into like making their family good and then like the caseworker's super happy and then mm-hmm. as soon as he the Vegas wives, he just like gives up on them yep. and walks away. And so it's almost like two completely separate episodes yeah. mushed into one. Kind of should have Absolutely. stuck around and helped them sort that out, maybe. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's hook into the questionnaire and get deep into our thoughts on this episode. Danny, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's something that stands out to you? That was actually something that stood out. Stuck, stuck, stuck out. Stood stuck at it. I know it's a hard S- word, right? You get me. You get me. I do. It really stood out to me, for better or worse, was him running away and leaving. Like, the second they're like, I'm Homer's Mrs. Homer Simpson looking for old homie M- McMoney. And he's like, oh, you are beyond help. Oh, you got to do that into the microphone. Into the mic. Into the mic. Yeah. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> no, Jordan. Uh, you were saying homie McWomey of the popular animated sitcoms, the McWomies. <laughs> And yeah, Woodrow J. Fisherman was like, oh, there's no helping you. You truly are scum amongst scum. I mean, he clearly got married before he was taught how to be a better person. Isn't that like self-defeating? Well, a caseworker walking away from a family known to have issues with domestic violence at a time when they would all be going through like massive amounts of emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the smartest move. Mm. It was Mm. paid for three days and Mm. three days is what he will work. BT, how about you? For better or worse what's something that stands out to you all right that whole wiggum exchange was goddamn amazing when it's okay everyone turn to the left they bumped each other all right you know what i don't see five sugar plums i see five guys who don't know their moves and don't care there i said it that was amazing that was incredible oh that better be wardrobe and that better be good news just Mm. oh my god that Mm. whole bit was like cut from a better episode i love that as well the cut to it is like them fighting and like maggie pressing the domestic violence and you think the five of them are going to be on the lineup and yeah. then that it's someone yeah. else entirely is is so good to start and okay. then all of the rest is good and launches a whole bunch of jokes from that yeah that's something that's giving me conflict about this episode is that there are a lot of isolated bits that mm. yeah i do like and love yes. and i've quoted over the years and yeah. it's weird i've got a big conflict going into this episode i, I pre-laughed at um well i thought a guy with two wives would be happy are well, you thinking of a guy with two knives i i gotta tell you guys it's pretty good. <laughs> the joke is so fucking dumb, and I should hate it by every measure of why I of what I judge jokes. I, on this hundred percent delivery from Mo on that. In the end, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> he's got the big smile, and he is so happy. And it's three swings at the apple, and each one really lands. You know, like I can't believe this. It's one of those like iconic moments yeah. that is quite late in the good run. Mm, Essentially, yeah, yeah. it was maybe not even in a what you would call a good season. But yeah, I think that's part of the problem with the episode, though, is that despite there's a, like the fact that there's a lot of good jokes, the jokes aren't really related to the plot that's exactly in any it. way. Well, that's, that's the exactly thing. The two it. knives thing. It's a total cutaway joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're into the bar for that joke and then they cut away to so something So is Wiggum's True Plum bit. I mean, yeah. that's yes. well, no, that was related to the plot because Maggie called up 911. Well, yeah, I but mean, they the knives cut were because they, they say a man with two wives would be happy. 
Yeah, but it's not functioning it's a as a part of the no, plot. No, it's not, it's not functioning as a part of the plot. They cut into the police scene where they have their own jokes, and then the police stop that, and then they take the call, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm with Dan. I don't think that's part of the plot either. I didn't count that as a plot-based joke. Mm. It springs out from Because it. it's not by anyone that's actually participating in the plot. How about you, Jordan? What stands out to you, for better or worse? It's little stupid things. Either it's going to be that I want to know how to play a necrobopoly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like any uh, Star Wars or Raster or what was the other one? Gallipoliopoly. Gallipoliopoly, which is a oh, very weird American It's a strange reference. American reference because, yeah, it wouldn't make sense, I would have thought, to an American audience. Yeah, but, I yeah, yeah. thought about that. Okay. But I think, really, I think it's the stupid thing that made me laugh is... The wolves and cougars in a huddle, <laughs> and then like that looking up at them, yeah. seeing that they're listening in, and like yeah. shuffling off to the side and, and like, continuing the, their conversation. Yeah. Uh, I love the whole so wolves and cougars good. bit. Just, we're working as a team, but so are the wolves and cougars. It's really silly, absurdist, but the joke writing is just so tight. The mm. pacing, the timing, the beats, the delivery. The roast beef is making them stronger, and the falafel is making them angrier. Oh. And they drink the yeah. beer, and hey, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that on Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. I think he was so, doing yeah. his Rodney Dangerfield, right? Again, conflict because yeah, that isolated scene, amazing. Mm. That's it, man. The team of joke writers is better than the team of script writers today. Mm. How about you, Claire? What stands out to you for better or worse? Well. I think this episode, despite being about yet another breakdown in Homer and Marge's marriage, had very little heart in it. And I know that that's got its own separate section, but that's what stood out to me because I kept noticing parts where you would expect them to maybe like linger on that beat a little bit longer to see like Homer's reaction to being kicked out or see more of Marge's reaction to the situation. And they just kept cutting away to like fit in more jokes. Mm-hmm. And that really stood out to me in an episode that you would expect to be more heartfelt, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I mean, they have moments like Homer, you know, climbing the treehouse, looks in, looks at Marge. He's like, well, she doesn't want me. And then walks up to the treehouse and then sees Amber, I think. And then he's like, well, I don't want to be with her. And kind of walks down and tries to get into the doghouse. Mm. And then his head stuck. And then I was like, oh, he's both in the literal and figurative doghouse. Hmm. Yes, mm. quite. <laughs> I see what you did there. Joel what H. Cohen. I, what I didn't like was the follow-on from that was Marge looking out at him bumbling around mm-hmm. with the doghouse on his head and like turns to a smile. And I get that, yeah, like she's probably thinking like, oh, he used to do stupid stuff and had a good memory. But like they're really, again, in all of these plots, in all of the other episodes, most of them, there's no reason for her to really forgive him so easily and like be on his side. And it annoyed me. Well, The part that annoyed me and I think kind of ruined the whole wife plot a little bit was, you know, Marge invites Homer in to talk about the Mm -hmm. bigamy and they have this fake fight that they're trying to trigger like Homer and his Vegas wife going out and getting drunk. But they didn't let the audience work it out themselves. Yeah, they immediately have the whole family doing a smile and a thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. So I would have liked if they just hadn't done that, hadn't pointed out, because it was like, it's a relatively obvious plot point. You know, they had, you know, coming to talk and then they have this fight with not that much context, but they didn't really need like Marge, Bart and Lisa all like leaning around the door like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. this is what we actually wanted. Like they should have just left that out, left you guessing a little bit more. As they're like, no one feel any suspense. Don't worry. I mean, even just the thumbs up, I think would have been okay. It would still be too much. But then them peering around the door at the bar was the thing that was just like, you've doubled down and it's made it even worse as a result. Also, Amber was right to call them out for their shitty plan. They drugged a woman. That's horrible. Yeah, they drugged a woman. That's not cool. 
And what stands out to me is the first half of the first act is absolutely pointless. Like, I love seeing the Republican Party that they depict in The Simpsons, but I didn't like any of these jokes. And then the acid rain was bullshit. And if all it was leading to was the board game, then there's so many easier avenues into this. Yeah, start with itchy and scratchy, then go, ah, it's all too... Marge is all like, you never watch anything wholesome. Why don't we play a family board game? That'll get us all together. Snow day. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else is fine. Just regular rain, not acid rain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like regular lightning that hits the, if you yeah. really need the TV to be destroyed there's yeah, much sure. easier ways to do that rather than have this fucking 30 second bit of Homer running in yeah. and out of the house screaming yeah, didn't like that part didn't mind the well, at least wait until the squirrels have stopped melting before we go outside because <laughs> that is just a very visceral image that I'd like it's to clean from my brain image. Yeah. sorry no why acid rain like because it stings like a Glasgow bikini yeah, wax <laughs> I mean, it's that's an arc that's never wrapped up. Now there's acid rain in the Simpsons. Out in that's definitely a euphemism for Glasgow something, and I'm going to figure it out. Glasgow bikini works. Look, I'm with you. Like, there is no point to the acid rain scene. I was hoping, like, that could have easily been its own little like Lisa episode yeah. on its own. You know, Lisa the environmentalist, because she looked terribly distressed throughout that whole first part. And then, yeah, like you said, nobody ever talks about it again. Like, this family has bigger problems than domestic violence. The, yeah. You know, the whole house is melting. And the Republicans have still made saving the environment illegal for some reason at yeah. the start of the episode. That's yeah. still illegal. Yep. Yeah. So there I mean, been that, that's happened. So yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like the point of the episode, and even like between them starting and finishing Monopoly, like yeah. the weather came good again. Like yeah. that's a major thing to have happened in the Simpsons world mm. that mm. It hasn't isn't unhappened by the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, another question. If your family get caught up in a domestic dispute, is it common practice to put you all in the same jail cell afterwards? Or in jail at all? Yeah. Especially, Mm. like, the children? Yeah. With their parents that they were previously violent with? Yeah, two people that were fighting into the same cell seems weird. Yeah. Assume it was a holding cell. Hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. (laughs) (laughs) Plunge 43 feet through the roof. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen Mankind versus Undertaker. Play count. Have you seen this episode before today? I have, but obviously not as much as I thought I had. (laughs) I must have seen it at least once because I recognize bits, but I don't remember it. But main culture could have also held up Mm, some of those. Probably. I've definitely seen it before, but again, there's a lot that I didn't remember. Uh, Severalopoly. Damn. Actually, yeah, pausing again. Edna Krabopoly, amazing pun. Isn't it? We need to work out what her tokens would be. I'm calling Lonely Hearts Chef's Soup for One. Oh, yeah. Martini glass. I've got a bra draped over the back of the bed. Oh, (laughs) soup for one, salad for one, wine for three. (laughs) And ashtray. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, and you win like pieces of her heart. (laughs) Instead of properties, you know. That was Janis Joplin that sang that song, by the way. Not Edna Krabappel. You sure? <laughs> oh, man, I would listen to either version. Take it. Ha! Take another little piece of my heart. Yeah. You um, know you bought it if you buy it with things. Uh, watch 30 Rock now available Synonyms, on standard. just another word for <laughs> the word, word you, you want to use. use. God, I love that bit. Yeah, I've seen it before. This is one of those strange episodes where all the way up until Act 3, I'm like, Wait, which episode is this again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really expecting you to stop and be like, hang on, this isn't the one with them in it. Yeah. A- and then suddenly the episode was over and they were in it somehow. So much happens. That part, like where the Vegas waves show up, like you already kind of said, but I really thought it was 
the end of the third act. And yeah. I'm like, how small is this little cameo bit yeah. going to be? And yeah. then you're like, oh shit, there is another whole like seven minutes. I swear we'd finished. It's amazing how they can make it feel like a third act just by like where we're driving home, we're singing, we're smiling, everybody's happy. Well, you had your big tense action sequence, yeah. you know? Mm. The, yeah. That's the rope dope That's how they get you. Make you think it's over, then smack. You got more. Damn, Ali. Mm-hmm. Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Oh, yeah. Quite a few. Millhouse yeah. has stigmata. Yes. Millhouse has stigmata. Again, weird aside. Yeah. Another thing that's never addressed. The cougars and jackals learn how to scale and slingshot catapult and stuff. Yep. 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 But yep. hang on. Going back to the stigmata... It bothered me because a counselor would not help with that. No. no. Like, you need, like, an exorcist. An old, an old priest and a young priest. priest. <laughs> <laughs> old priest and you. <laughs> like, yeah, and this sort of bugged me in this moment as well because I actually enjoyed, like, the checking out all the family's different faults, like seeing Marge, like, does practice dinners. Yes. Yeah, that was amazing. Another thing that was totally not addressed more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it should have been. It sucks that it was a family conflict story that turned into a Homer yeah. is a shithead. Yeah, yeah it sure is. Because, yeah, it's seeing Lisa as well with the stress ball, 10 more years, 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah, that's some dark shit. Let's explore that. Yeah, just because they save someone from wolves and cougars, that doesn't mean no problems to solve. This counselor sucks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, Bart may go to college in eight years. <laughs> oh, honey. Good joke. Mm. The wetlands can be flushed down the plug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pulling out a giant yeah. plug, a comically huge plug. Actually, although I will say, even though, yeah, this whole first bit was pointless and I didn't like a lot of it, I did love the escalating blinky fish and you saw the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. blinky evolutions. The missing blink, if you will. As Ooh. if Homer would I ever will. swim for fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was swimming for food. Uh, true. He was fishing for fishies. Bob Dole reads from the actual number Necronomicon. Yep. yep. It weird. Oh, uh, was that a quote from the book? I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it, <laughs> Elliot. Oh, I don't actually, know what you're I forgot to about. watch. Was he holding his pen in this one? Oh, I oh, didn't see it. Oh, no, I think he was holding the book with both yeah. hands, actually, but I didn't see if there was a pen. Mm. Mm. I will say I really like Nelson noogieing the owl. Stop endangering yourself. Stop endangering yourself. It looked good. It was pretty, you know? Yeah, it was visually pleasing gag. Yeah. And who could forget the smoke factory and the daycare just spewing out smokes out of their <laughs> smokestacks. <laughs> yep, Springfield, home of smokestacks. Smokestack playlist, absolutely. Mm. Any other wacky moments? I do like how into Monopoly they get, like when Homer... Yeah, that was pretty when, wacky. When Bart's like, uh, Homer's like, sorry, uh, come on, I'm good for it, Bart's like, uh, I don't know, you've been in jail three times. Yeah. They told me it would be like this on the outside. Mm. Okay, I just looked it up. He does have his right hand down by his side, but you can't see the pen, but it is like, it's kind of under the table, but uh. he is, does have one hand down by his side. And the dude's still got enough strength in the other arm to hold up the entire Necromicon. Necromicon. Yes. Oh, what's the Necromicon? Necromicon. It's a book of necks. <laughs> At Comic-Con. I guess. Necks at Comic-Con. Neckbeards at Comic-Con. <laughs> Who's the guy that's like people of New York? That's his like new uh, spin-off. Humans of New York or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Necks of Comic-Con. <laughs> Necks of Comic-Con. I like that guy that goes to the Magic the Gathering the butt tournament and like poses in front of the butts. <laughs> you know what I'm talking poses about? Poses in no. front of bats or butts? B- butts. butts. Oh, butt cracks. Butts. Hanging out from behind oh, chairs. Really? Have you seen the? No. Okay. Hold on. I'll show you after this. <laughs> I got so much we'll to learn back. today. <laughs> but look, I mean, there's probably more wackiness to go over. But how about the heart of this episode? I feel like we can knock this out quickly. Oh yeah, easily. Wiggum's love for the Nutcracker Suite, without a question. Mm, it's beautiful, man. His passion is just—you can feel it. 
And I dropped my pen for the second time this index. That was a big drop, man. Yeah. Pen drop. Like, uh, if that was a, in the club, all the people would have been dancing to that drop. <laughs> when will the beast drop? When will the beast drop? I'm bad at everything. <laughs> Especially appearing to be not white. <laughs> Holding pens and not being remotely the whitest dude in the room. I had a heart that is crossed out where... um. Homer was talking about his family in the bar and he says, and the fat guy, I hate that guy. And I'm like, it's kind of sad and should be a cry for help to his fucking social worker. And girl part. And the Mm. one that doesn't talk. And especially because he's slowing his speech. It takes fucking forever. All right. So I previously stated that I don't feel there is really any heart. But mm. I will give a little nod to Ned Flanders honoring his marital vows that and trying to do his sweet. best yeah. by oh, his new wife. What a problem that this whole thing was crammed in the last act of the episode, though, right? Because we only get like two, yes. three scenes of this. Yeah. And that could have been like a whole enjoyable plot in and of itself. Like, like what I was saying in the last episode, seeing the Flanders family from their own perspective compared to other people's mm. perspective mm, yeah. is really interesting because like internally they're, they're also similar to each other. It makes sense. Mm. But to anyone else, it seems like a weird and creepy cult. And so like her reaction to it all is quite like, it's great. I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. I, I would say this was the right amount of it anymore and it's going to start wearing the joke thin because all it is is really their clean living doesn't fit her life. And that's going to be that again and again and then that's well, it. So I think there's enough there. I don't know. They could have done like a little throwback joke because like in the first part of this two-parter, Homer keeps making the joke like, you want to swap wives? You want to swap <laughs> wives? Yeah. And maybe she could have been like, you want to swap husbands? Like <laughs> Because she's looking at slovenly Homer or something like that. Like I think they could have done yeah. more with it if they needed to fill out a couple more acts rather than just the last act. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the idea of Flanders just showing his love more than the idea of the Simpsons drugging and raping that wife. Grandpa had sex with her. Yeah, Yeah. and he didn't want to. So she raped him. Yeah, but they got her drunk and then had sex with her. Yeah, nobody was consenting in that situation. Mm. It was, it's bleak. It's dark. She wouldn't take I can't for an answer. Yeah, but that's still... But she was drugged. But she wasn't capable of, like, consenting either. Yeah, I mean, considering... He, I mean, yes, he's old and feeble, but, I mean, best case scenario is he couldn't get away, so he didn't want to. She couldn't consent. And you've got a family outside letting their elderly grandfather slash father get assaulted by a woman that mm. they have drugged. Like, it's oh. all very, oh. very dark. If you, you know those, it uh, re- that Reddit, uh, subreddit, am I the arsehole? Huh. Yeah, yeah, I vote this one, everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, everyone drugged. does. They drugged her and made her sign legal documents, like life-changing legal documents. Mm. Mm. Which itself is not legal. You cannot sign legal documents yeah. if you're impaired. Well, th- yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have been able to get married in the first place. I mean, Homer uh, and yeah. Flanders. Oh. oh, they did kiss each other. That means they're married to each other. Oh, yeah, sorry, I did want to bring that up as a quick uh, Jordan's anal corner. Right, corner. Is that uh, the tape is different. Yeah. We saw the tape in the yeah. last episode. Yeah, yeah. It was different to this episode. Hey, while I we're there. Where? While we're in. The, uh, the classy anal corner. Anal corner. Marge at one point says, uh, if I'd known there were loose women in Vegas, I'd never would have let you go. She, she didn't. didn't. <laughs> Not even involved in the conversation at all. No. Don't try and retcon this shit. Homer was working in the impulse zone, which we know just to be slightly above the eyebrows. Yep. Exactly. 
Yeah, like the whole Amber drugging thing sucks. There is one line out of that whole thing that I think we really did like, which was Grandpa going, are you ready for round two? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, oh thank God. God. <laughs> <laughs> like, such a good line and delivery, but it's done in such a shitty situation. Yeah, agreed. You know what? The whole premise of the fact that he went to get his marriage annulled and the judge said, no, you're not allowed to, is bizarre to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, guest star of the episode, Jane Kex Merrick, returning as Judge Constance Harm. Hmm. Yeah, Judge Judy Ripoff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know that that's why they did it to, you know, sort of get rid of the obvious solution to this, but they could have at least had it, you know, like she's faking that they, oh, but we've consummated and like you'd have to go through a full divorce. And I'm going to take mm. half your house or like something that would make that believable, which they could have done if they'd left themselves more time. Yeah, the stipulations of a divorce thing sounds like the easy out for that. Yeah. But ultimately, would you watch it again? Yeah, sure. If it's on. Yeah, if it was already on, I would probably watch it, at least for, you know, the jokes that I know that are coming. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch it joke for joke and just like kind of admire its points without worrying about its flaws so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I will too. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone else is watching it, if it's on. All right, well, episodes I watch again, we'd like to think about what playlist they go in. Vegas mm. again. Yeah, so you could do a whole four-episode arc, one episode per season mm-hmm. with Ned doing this. So yeah. starting with Viva Ned Flanders, then Maud dies, then Praise Land, and then capping it mm-hmm. off yep. with this. Mm-hmm. Burns' evil Republican yeah, castle. Oh, party. yep, yep. And maybe the Stonecutters might fit in that as well, sort and, of. Uh, smokestacks, of course. Yep. Smokestacks, definitely. Uh, mocking Lisa for what university she's going to. Oh, yeah. So here's oh, your yeah. go to Stanford. And then I'm pretty Stanford. sure they say, not brown, brown, brown. brown. Um, Homer sex noises. Wow, that, that was that another was part of noises. To, yeah, but yeah. it's homosex noises. That's, uh, I, no. I really didn't like that joke, but I did like that Marge was listening to me. Like, <laughs> She's making him a sandwich. Yeah, she like, knows what real. that sounds that, like. That, that yeah. was the only part of it that like redeemed that yeah, joke. Agreed. But that was still him cheating on her, like emotionally cheating or sandwichly cheating. Have you never I, had anyone else make food for you? Not like that. <laughs> I mean, did you hear the guy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> not with both hands. Yeah. But, you know, like that was still him cheating on her. And then she still is very forgiving quickly without any sort of mm. hubris. Mm. Or, yeah. on his behalf. I feel like it would have been easier to forgive without that scene in it. Okay, serious question, though. When he says, we didn't make Whoopi, not even mouth Whoopi, does he mean uh, kiss or does he nope. mean like, no. you know, oral? Oh, I didn't think about it that way. I've always I wondered. Did, and I, I do I, not like that joke. I assumed it had to have been kiss, though. No way, man. Yeah. Mouth but why whoopee? else would you use mouth Whoopi? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, no. So I, he didn't rule out hand Whoopi. No, he did not. <laughs> or I mean, yeah. OTP Whoopi. Mm. I'm going to regret asking this. What? <laughs> oh, over, over the, the pants. pants. Oh, right, right, right. We shouldn't right. have said that in unison. <laughs> About m- mutual self whoopee. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, much like in any other situations, you don't want to think about these characters in terms of the actual mechanics of anything sexual. Well, I was about to say, with Homer's sex noises, remember Camp Crustier? Oh, where, I remember. <laughs> where he made those Tarzan calls as he was, came. This is how oh, you can wow. tell the difference between Homer ejaculating and Homer just getting a sandwich <laughs> made. And I don't want to know that, but I do. God damn you, Camp Crustier. God damn you to hell. Oh, another um, playlist would be just like Simpson robots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like quite a few. Yeah, like like Lingo. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. didn't mind Brenda. Father, give me legs. Yeah, that yeah. one. I didn't mind Brenda as well and like saying, no, this is my bust, but... Uh, didn't like the... the yes, that Oh, I thought you me. meant... The, what Republican was it again? It came back as a robot, as a, like a Disney bot? Oh, there was that too. Yeah. Oh, Strong Thurman. I have no idea who that is. It's like yeah. the vampire though. Blair. 
Yeah. <laughs> Dracula. There's always Dracula on but the Council yeah. of Evil. Oh, but this is still, I think this is the weakest Republican headquarters thing that I've seen, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're almost there. Jordan, we'll start with you this time. What would you like to change about this episode? If you're going to do a Vegas Wives episode, you've got to bring them in sooner. Mm. I think you could almost just remove that entire second act. I don't think you need to go through the whole social worker arc or like just make that the episode. Yeah. I think just eradicate that, spend more time in the, the intricacy. I would have liked to have seen Ned try and do more and, and her kind of trying to like go, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And then finally leaving. But it's just very quick and dirty, his side of that story. How about you, BT? What would you like to change? Well, I just looked up what RU46 was. I'm yeah, sad. me too. It's very, very sad. I don't want yeah. that in the episode either. The Vegas wife wakes up and is like, ah, oh, hangover, aspirin, RU46. It's a uh, like late abortion drug. Uh, well, oh. early. It's, it's early like a morning after, early, um, it's yeah. a morning after pill, essentially. She takes a good Look, half bottle of and that. And just yeah. by like default, that, mm, yeah, uncomfortable. Uh. Um, what I want to change, man, I think you could get rid of that entire first act and then keep the um, counselor around and have him try to steer them through this like a Sherry Bobbins. Hmm. Yeah, that. He seems like he'd have good songs too. But yeah, I think get to the housewives quicker. No, he was not great at singing Man on the Run or Band on the Run. Oh, that's Still true. Like. Fuck, that was so on the nose. That was a terrible I've hurt my wings, this CD. Fuck you. Anyway, that guy, uh, Gabriel, was played by Delroy Lindo. Yep. The Delroy Lindo? I know him as Detective Castle Beck from Gone in 60 Seconds. There you go. Well, there you oh, go. They, oh, the Delroy. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Danny? What would you like to change? Fuck, so much, man. I mean, so much, man. I don't like the Republican scene, but I do like environmental laws. Suddenly everything's going to crap as like a classic Simpsons concept. That's a great story they could have explored and didn't. The acid rain thing, that was going somewhere. Didn't. I would have loved to have gone with that. Or I would have loved to have stayed with Ranger Stacy and is like, did they actually go to Africa or were there like wolves and cougars and things somewhere out of Springfield? Yeah, Springfield or, Woods. Okay, okay. They're filled with lots of animals. It felt like they were really oh doing like a Pride Rock sort of like, long live the king. No, you're thinking about the circle of life. Yeah, I gotta tell you, this is pretty fantastic. I feel like they did drop the angel card a few too many times. Yeah. Too many bites of that apple. Didn't do it for me. Or, or he could have come back at the last second and been like, I've had a change of heart um, and like saved the day somehow. I'm going to cut the wives out entirely because I didn't like the date rape stuff. I wasn't very comfortable with it. I don't know how to rewrite that better mm. without the Simpsons family still being awful to try mm. and get out of a wedding to someone who hasn't got a lot of money and was hoping to you know, find a nice life. She came here to live with them and be happier. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's weird, but... Let's get her drunk and fuck her life over just to get rid of her mm-hmm. is awful. That's like sending Poochie off to space to die on the way and never come back. I don't think that's that awful. Oh, you mean Poochie because Poochie didn't get drugged and raped? How about you, Claire? What would you like to change? Dear God. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I've already sort of, you know, I think we've all gone over the fact that this could be split into at least two other episodes. You could easily do that. But one thing that I was sort of thinking about was I wish that The Simpsons could find a halfway point between suburbia and like cocktail waitress because mm-hmm. those cocktail waitresses are like, like they don't know what the shower is. They haven't seen like yeah. a second level of a house, you know. I mean, yes, that's part of the joke, but it's almost like Cletus level inability to look after yourself yeah but the, and they also work in a hotel they're familiar exactly. with indoor plumbing <laughs> like <laughs> and i'm just like oh it made it feel gross yeah I, I felt a bit gross about it i just wish that they had been more like cunning and manipulative as opposed to like scummy 
scummy. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you could expand the plot line, give them a bit more time. But yeah, I just don't want them to be that gross, like happy to live in a tree house and mm. like all this other stuff. It's it's weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually like surprised that I uh, yours is a very good idea. Just remove the Vegas story uh, uh, yeah. wives entirely. Don't need them. I keep going to call them Vegas story wives. Um, <laughs> but like, just suppose this episode does rely on them being here is like, then don't have the setup of the families all at each other's throats. Because, yeah, the family don't really come together at the end to fix this problem to justify, you know, the journey that they've been on together. This is a Homer fuck up storyline mm. happening at the end of the family storyline oh, oh and there's so much more character development that you can be doing with each of the four uh, uh, well maggie as well but effectively four of them which all have their own faults and like watching them learn all this from each other and learn how they're hurting each other like and i think it's also having monopoly as a way to bring that out because it is such an evil awful game <laughs> <laughs> like yeah how do those parker brothers sleep at night so everyone plays it wrong it's <laughs> awful so i was just gonna say on all the money that they stole from the person that they actually ripped the game from yes the of, woman who yeah, made yeah, it as a yeah. board game the landlord a, game yeah yeah oh 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 pick me teacher teacher pick me i'm ever so smart yes you in the end of the table okay Flanders used to be a boy scout right yeah. like a scout leader yeah. troop leader yeah so you're thinking build a snare trap you Catch ha- the gay Vegas wives. Fling them over the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Never see them again. No, 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 no. He should be doing the Gabriel thing. You see, what uh, needs to happen... What so, needs to- so, hey, Homer, the church assigned me as your counselor. That's simple, easy to replace him in. But what needs to happen is, in the first episode, Ned comes to Homer to learn more about being wild and reckless. In yep. the second episode, Homer needs to come to Ned to learn more about being a better person. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah and the circle smart. is complete. And also, the Vegas Wives don't have any real reason to return to either because they said goodbye to them and they were angry at them. Like, mm. this isn't a bigger plan that they had or anything. It's just they decide to rock up one day. It's literally out of nowhere. And if their original goal was to put a bow on that other story, yeah, I think they didn't succeed at it. Mm-mm. All right, we are here. Claire, do you have any other notes? I was a bit sad with, like, obviously Bart taking all of Homer's money in Monopoly and then, like, Marge defending Bart's cheating because, you know, she bought him a house. I mean, he (laughs) He bought her a house. You know, Bart's sort of like, well, who else is going to look after him, you know? Yeah. And it just, yeah, it made me a little bit sad because, obviously, he's already feeling the pressure to look after his (laughs) mum. Because Homer's useless. Well, I mean, that's something that I really liked because it's reinforcing family dynamics and especially Marge as an enabler. Mm -hmm. Also, there's the heart of the episode. Bart buys his mama house. Mm. It's a little bit of a b- bumps because it is Bart, like like you said, you know, there's Marge the enabler, mm. but there's also Bart the not actually a bad kid. Yeah. yeah. Like, He's aware does of, love that, his, mom. He, of yeah. his role in life, effectively. He's going to lie, cheat, and steal, and Lego pieces to give the family the uh, care that they need. Yep. How about you, BT? Any other notes? As always. I really hated shootality. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bothered mm-hmm. me a lot. Well, yeah, like police brutality and police shootality, especially in today's climate. Why would you encase climate, people in it's uh, worse. taffy, though? Mm, police brutality. Haven't it's you bad. seen the original Hulk with Eric Banner? Yeah. That was taffy, too, and it worked on him. Was really? it, though? <laughs> See, all it took to defrail your argument was a, was it, though? I mean, you don't know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, but how much higher can my voice go? I don't know. Let's find out. I don't know. Let's find out. 
Penis. <laughs> Penis. Uh, well, we don't use the I word in this house. <laughs> Irish up this coffee. Mm. <laughs> and smokers or jokers. That's always a classic line. As was proven in the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Yeah, indeed. Oh, wait, no, that <laughs> joker is smoker. Yes. Where, are you, where are you going with it, this You know man? what? It's hot and I think we're all dying a little. Yes, a little. How about you, Jordan? Any other notes? Uh, the other joke I didn't like was Homer saying... Something to the effect of, oh, why do all these things come and bite me in the ass? And then he turns around and there's yeah. a squirrel there. Biting him, him in, in the, the ass. ass. And the other thing that was just like a bit... Mm, the social worker at the end is like, you all broke out of your roles and you, you helped them. like, not really. They just no. stayed in their lane mm-hmm. and they yeah. did the exact same thing they usually would. Homer did something stupid and impulsive, but, you know, did something rapscallionist yeah. by having his own set of Lisa characters. Lisa did nothing because they don't know how to write for well, her. Well, she allegedly made a plan. Uh-huh. Why did the three weakest members of the family lower the fattest one down Thank under the you. rock? Because <laughs> he was fat enough to pull the other guy up. He's expendable. No, but, like, the rope does all the bearing of the weight. Like... It should have been Marge. It's time to rank this thing, and I do not envy the person who has to go first. Shag. Damn. I could almost say silver just for the jokes, but I know I keep saying it, but the dro- druggy, uncomfortable... The th- thank you. Definitely put a damper on that. The more we talk about it, the less happy I am with this as an episode, you know? Mm. I like the first bit, but not the first bit, and the acid rain and the Republicans. And I didn't really like the end bit. I kind of like that middle bit, sort of. But you're right, they didn't change or learn anything or grow, and they do just retcon it out with any participant again. Jordan. Yeah, I made a very kind of... Um... But the jokes were funny. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, some of them were good. I'm just at a kind of a boring bronze kind of numb from it but parts of it were pretty good but if it's on it's on but i'll be doing something else yeah look this conversation has helped and made it a bit more clear in my mind because yeah there are a few bits that like i almost want to give it a positive ranking just to justify my own liking these jokes and quoting them over the years but Mm. the simple fact is there's a few hd era episodes that i still quote even though the episodes themselves are remarkably shitty that's it i can like the jokes and dislike the episode Participant. Mm. I'm also going for a participant. The jokes were good, but if you don't have the plot to back it up, then it's only trying to be an episode. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's almost like they had the jokes first and then they tried to write a plot around it based on whatever they could pull out of their ass. So yeah, participant for me. And BT, finish it off. Man, if you had just taken my initial reaction off the episode as I first walked in, I probably would have gone with a participant because, you know, I enjoyed it. I had time. But in the deconstruction and talking about it and seeing what else fit together and how it worked, I kind of noticed there was more... The driving force of jokes does not cover over the bumps in the road of the plot. So I'm a little split on it, but I am going to go with a gut ranking of participant. And averaging out, this will be a shiny participant. That's roughly where I would like to see it. Dull bronze shiny participant is where this belongs. And it'll be the third episode from season 13 to be dubbed a shiny participant. It'll be joining Tales from the Public Domain, which, BT, we reviewed with Nick Mm. from Pods in the Key of Springfield. Like and subscribe. Indeed. And also Gump Roast, which we (laughs) recently reviewed in our Wasteland special. Ah, Wasteland Madness. Oh, you know, fuck that. (laughs) You bronzed it. Yeah, I know, but... Oh, I like this one more than that one. Anyway, (laughs) fine, whatever. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, yeah, that about does it for our portion of the two-parter special. Thank you guys for joining me this evening. Thank you. I guess. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, see, this is why we started doing the Simpsons Index, you know, worst to best episodes. 
Mm. Yeah, we're kind of just like, oh, well, All see you of... later, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. We haven't got the cream to go with our Brussels sprouts. What? Dude, cream does not go with Brussels sprouts. I thought mm. you said you made banoffee pie, not brussofly pie. Oh, did I mislead you? I do apologize. It is definitely a Brussels-based pie. (laughs) You monster. You'd say they'd be custard. (laughs) (laughs) Like four podcasts in a row where we mention Artie Donna. (laughs) All right, stick around for our uh, review with Pods in the Key of Springfield. Yay, Pods! We love you guys. With James and Nick? The James and Nick. The one who sometimes is also called Jekyll? Yes. Hmm. Wow. That's tr- wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Ooh. James is short for Jaiko. And we are back and we've changed the lineup again. And I am joined all the way from Adelaide by James. Yes, that's me. I'm James. Hello. And Nick. Hey, everyone. From Pods. In the key. Oh. Of Springfield. Springfield. Field. Pods in the Key of Springfield. It's a podcast. Seamless as always, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Good shit. That's the level of professionalism you can expect from our podcast, which has not been updated since, I think, maybe September. (laughs) Well, for now, thank you for joining us for the Index, the final portion of our big two-part extravaganza. We just watched Season 3, Episode 24, and... Exciting news, this is the last episode 24 of a Simpsons episode that this Index are reviewing. We've done them all now. You've done every episode 24? Yes. Have you done that one episode that was a parody of the TV show 24? Indeed we have. I was about to say you've (laughs) done the Jack Bauer special. You've done all the 24s. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. We jacked it. The episode um, called 24 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that episode's not bad, isn't it? No, it, it did pretty well. I think it got like a dull silver, shiny bronze on our scale. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I would like to pitch to you. I think you should maybe have like a new uh, level that Simpsons episodes can achieve, or maybe you should replace cubic zirconia. Maybe I can come in and wreck your whole system. <laughs> oh I yeah, kind of, I, three and a half years deep into it. Yeah, let's. What are you? Got? I was thinking maybe you could have the Simpsons Index Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's that a reference to? This episode, Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes, first released in August of 1992, directed by Rich Moore, written by John Swartzwelder. John Swartzwelder. Oh, I just read John Swartzwelder's first book the other day. Oh, The Time Machine did it? Yeah. What'd you think? Pretty good, pretty solid, uh, a bit wild in places, but uh, it's fun. I liked it. I haven't read it for a few years. Does it, like, hold up, or...? I'd say so. I kind of I read it very casually... Over a few sittings. I don't know, it's a good, like, toilet time read, I think. It's, uh... How casual are you in the toilet? More casual than I should be. Yeah, right. Sometimes the shit just falls right out of me. Oh. And casual dressed? Moderately. I take my tie off. <laughs> uh, does a bear wear a tie while shitting in the woods? Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Yogi, I don't think the ranger's gonna like you using his tie to wipe your shit. To wipe your shit. Not just wipe your butt. <laughs> Specifically wipe your shit. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, he, that's the Yogi Bear Index. Yeah, this episode, Herb returns and makes a baby monitor, uh, the translator, whatever. Guys, what'd you think? Well, this episode, oh bro, can you spare some dough? Uh, the return of Danny DeVito. <laughs> I liked a lot. Bars. I um, had a good time and I enjoyed it and it was good. 
I also liked it and thought it was good. Yeah, this episode was done sort of a bit after season three had officially wrapped. And I think you can sort of tell it in the production moments because there's a bit of cutting corners and a bit of dodgy lip sync going on, but not to detriment the episode too much because, yeah, it's a pretty solid funny time. Oh, the PlayStation agrees. Thank you, PlayStation. Ah. <laughs> there's one bit, and it's interesting that you say that it's wrapped because I didn't know that, but there is one line early on when the couch first breaks and Homer comes in and does his upset reaction, his voice has a really weird compression mm. on it. It sounds like it was they were using a cheap microphone because his voice sounds very kind of tinny and thin. I'm glad you mentioned um, that because, yeah, I didn't know if that was just me. Yeah, and I wonder if it just means that they didn't have access to the full studio suite and so they had to kind of bodge together some other solution because it was after the season. That's interesting. Yeah, well, and there's a scene where Marge and Homer are talking later in bed, and I'm pretty sure they pulled the animation from the Rancho Relaxo episode, because I swear Homer's hand movement is the exact one when he's going, Marge, can I have another sandwich? Marge, can I have another sandwich? <laughs> but he's, like, talking about how upset about uh, his brother he is. He just never gets that other sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start with the questionnaire. Jackal, we'll start with you. What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? I really enjoy the big funny fake award ceremony. And this time while we were watching it, I started laughing just in the middle of it. I turned to Nick and I said, why did all these people show up for this? (laughs) (laughs) Why is Apu there? (laughs) Why are people from the town coming for this award ceremony that is just to give Homer an award? So that he doesn't sue the plant. And I had a good time with that. I like that Homer's cum is no good. He's got bad cum. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have to give him $2,000. Yeah, so there is a scene in Early Simpsons where Smithers and Burns are looking at Homer's cum. Yeah. Is there a um, is there another spreadsheet called the cum index that currently just has Waylon Smithers in first position and Homer Simpson in last? <laughs> Actually, I reckon Barney would rank pretty high on that as well because apparently... Um, He's a frequent donor of the oh, sperm. Oh, when he's a sperm yeah. donor. Yeah. Something that has always <laughs> bothered me every time I watch this episode is the fact that Smithers' sperm has glasses. <laughs> I always just think, oh, those tiny little glass fragments, you don't want that. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Jesus. Because also... I know like, cum is not the technical term. It's a man. But also, surely these medical reports are being handled by a medical professional. It appears to just be Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> as the one who's literally doing all of the testing. Like, I don't know. I thought they would have outsourced that to, like, a doctor. <laughs> He's just gone, I- I'll take that. I'll take those. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Nick? What stands out to you for... Oh, wait. No, I was going to say something about your note, Jackal. Yeah, the award ceremony that probably cost 10 times what they pay out to Homer was, right? Yeah, and $2,000 is so little money for a man like Mr. Burns. <laughs> I wonder, like, how much more of, like, have we seen the entirety of this ceremony? Was there more fluff that we didn't see? Did Lenny win a bunch of awards? Best come? That <laughs> <laughs> there would have to be other awards. Like, even just to rent out the hall, you wouldn't do it for five minutes. Like, what else was going on? Yeah, uh, but- for everyone else to rent a tux as well for those five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And to get Joe Fraser as well. Uh, one of the guest stars for this episode, what do we think of his performance? It's funny how clearly he is not an actor. Like, I feel like that <laughs> works better on some level, how stilted he is. It feels right that this guy just would not be a very good choice for an awards presenter and he just comes in and reads the dictionary definition of excellence. <laughs> is, is that actually, like, the real, presumably former heavyweight boxer Joe Fraser? Yeah, 
Yeah. I think so. Right. I honestly, always, because the performance is so stilted and weird, I assumed it was someone doing a piss take. <laughs> and then I always found it weird that, you know, uh, well, what's the name of the, the boxer they usually use? Dredrick um, Tatum. Dredrick Tatum. It, it always was a bit weird to me because I thought, oh, this is clearly a piss take of a punch drunk boxer. But it's weird that they didn't <laughs> use their standard go-to punch drunk <laughs> boxer. Turns out, no, it's the guy. That's That puts a really interesting spin on that for me. I feel like the only line he delivers with real conviction is when he challenges Barney to a fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Barney getting in bar fights with sports stars playlist. Speaking mm. of which, I, I have a question for the group here, the three of us. Yeah. Because I, I have a thought and I'm not sure which way I lean on it. Would it be funnier if Barney won the fight? Hmm. Huh. I think him winning against Wade Boggs was funny because the argument was so dumb, but I feel like him challenging a heavyweight boxer in this moment. Yeah, I think you want the box to win, right? I do like his blood spraying on the door. Yeah, I felt that like is, that was censored. Yeah, that <laughs> is... I, no, I, I think it's... Uh, I, I think it's better to have Barney just get the shit kicked out of him. I think, I don't know, maybe if Joe Frazier had had a bit more personality, it would have been funnier if he had lost. Maybe. If he'd been, like, braggadocious. <laughs> Ooh. But because he's just, like, he's... You know, he's actually been quite nice to Homer and he's not really like, it's like Barney's being a dickhead. I don't know. Mm. Well, especially the implication of him going, oh, Barney, you're gotten on my last nerve that, yeah, this has been going on for ages and Barney's just been like riling him up. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's just trying to eat pickled eggs and talk about Homer's couch. Have you guys eaten a pickled egg? No. No. Have you? No, I, d- I generally don't like pickled things. I like, I'm not a pickle guy. I like a good That's... pickled cucumber. Yeah. A bit of pickled carrot. A bit or... of pickled onion, like red onion. Mm. But not like a big pickled onion. I like the pickled ginger you get at sushi places. Mm. Not the packet stuff, but if the sushi place does fresh pickled ginger, oh, 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 bury me in that. Maybe I would like a pickled onion, but I don't think I can quite bring myself to bite into an onion Tony Abbott style. No, but some of the small <laughs> onions are good. The, the, if, if you get little pickled cocktail onions, they're quite nice. Mm. But pickled egg... No, a pickled egg is wild. Yeah. Pickled egg. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure that I've seen them anywhere. Like, you can't buy them in a shop. At least not in the supermarket that I go to. You're not going down the brine aisle? <laughs> no. Brined goods and baby needs, yeah. Baby um, needs brine. <laughs> yeah, look, I think I've got to track down a, a recipe for pickled eggs and see if it's edible. It sounds disgusting. But it'd make good podcast content. We just need um, we need someone to do a sandwich index entry that has pickled <laughs> eggs, so that when we do the grand party that I assume will be happening for the last episode of Simpsons Index, where we serve a platter of every sandwich on the sandwich <laughs> index, we can all try pickled eggs. This just sounds like a Jonestown <laughs> a big platter of every sandwich in the Simpsons, and we're all going to be wearing some Nikes. Oh, no, wait, that's Heaven's Gate. <laughs> I mean, we probably will, though. They're a very popular brand of shoe. That's mm. still amazing. Like, I don't know like how many people listening now have listened to the entire back catalogue, but, yeah, you guys were the first two entrants on the Sandwich Index. Yeah, we're pretty good at derailing this podcast and then introducing things to the, this into the universe of this podcast. <laughs> it, still, it makes me very happy whenever I hear you guys give a unanimous failure to something. Oh, um, the Index because Finger. Because I was also the inventor of the index finger 
like, and we've tried to come up with the cu- unanimous cubic version of that and just haven't got anything that has as much resonance and, as the index finger. So if you could help us out with that one too, that'd be appreciated. Yeah, that's something mm. that we had a chat offline about a while ago. And I reckon about four days later, I replied saying, nah, dude, I've got nothing. Like, it's just <laughs> nothing, nothing felt right. It cannot be done. <laughs> Oh, God, we're still here. Nick, what stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Um, The front room is full of couches. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you! (laughs) I only realised this tonight, and it was when they were sitting down playing Monopoly, and I was like, that's weird. Why why are they all sitting on the floor? And I was like, oh, because they can't seat them on the couches or the whole conceit of this episode falls over. They're very conspicuously not showing the couches. Yeah. It also sticks out to me that there is a chair that has a setting that can cause hallucinations and possible brain damage. <laughs> they should probably just knock back the settings a little bit. Oh, uh, the 2001 mm. model, yeah. What mm. would happen if you sat in that chair and then watched 2001, A Space Odyssey? And then took acid. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, now I, I, I can't extrapolate that far. It was weird that they now have Akira working in a sofa store just so that he can say... But, sir, like George Takei on Star Trek. Mm. Like, can't there just be another Japanese man in Springfield? I thought you were going to say this is another comment on class warfare and people having to work multiple (laughs) jobs in America's broken system. I mean, look, that's always at the forefront of my mind. (laughs) Elliot, what stood out to you for better or worse? Oh, yeah, the couch thing as well. And in the last shot of the episode in, you know, primary lounge room, Homer's got his chair and also they've got the couch again. The new couch again. And yeah, like, is it... Because it it looks exactly the same and it's not explained anyway. I I guess they do have that. He gave them the $2,000 back. I guess the implication is that they they went and bought on a couch. Yeah, but did we see... And maybe we did, but did we see an identical couch that was $2,000 and then Homer got distracted by the chair? Don't believe so. No, see, that would have been a fine resolution. Mm. If it was $2,000 for a replacement couch or $2,000 for the stupid chair, and then later on we saw that they had the replacement couch, I would have been fine with that. It is funny how much of this episode revolves around the idea that $2,000 is life-changing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I $2,000... Which it can be under certain circumstances. Under certain circumstances. But I feel like for someone with the economic stature of The Simpsons, given the size of the house they live in and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, $2,000 is a month-changing amount. It's not a life-changing amount. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely not enough to fund this invention that's... Um, yeah. But I what? just sort of tend to just uh, go with it on that, I guess. Yeah. It, I'm not too upset that all of that happened because I really like this episode. Mind you, if it cost $2.50 for a movie ticket (laughs) in the previous episode, maybe $2,000 is a lot more. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I don't know. What was the economy like back then? How has inflation gone? $2,000 then is like $40,000 now. What are movie tickets now? They're like $40,000? Give or take. (laughs) Yeah, so then $2,000 would be like $800,000. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good then. That's pretty good. That would change my life. Yeah, okay. Um, And how many times have you seen this episode? Like a thousand. Yeah. Over and over and over again. 30 plus. I don't know. 
Yeah. I feel like every time this question catches me off guard and I've never, ever considered how many times I've seen these episodes. And I, I feel like I've done a few episodes of The Simpsons Index now. And once again, I'm doing a very long answer to this fucking question and I apologise, Elliot. Yeah, we're Simpsons, guys. We've just seen this shit over and over and over again. Well, no, I keep sort of forgetting that the original reason why I put this question in the questionnaire is to also sort of try and dig for any memories associated with this episode. But I always sort of forget to lead uh-huh. to that. That's interesting. How many times have you seen this episode and what does it mean to you? Yeah. Mm. How does it make you feel? <laughs> baby. Baby. Um, Elliot, how many times have you seen this? What does it mean to you and how does it make you feel? Baby. Uh, a lot. <laughs> it makes you feel a lot or you've seen it a lot? <laughs> I've seen it a lot. It makes me feel a lot. And also one of the things that stuck with me over the years is that bird thing. And I remember someone got me that once just because... I kept quoting, it's drinking the water. Oh, hell yeah. I really feel like this episode must have increased sales on those birds. Oh, sure. So dramatically. Like Seinfeld and the pears. And, and the, What's the deal with Seinfeld and those pears? <laughs> and the great thing about the existence of this episode almost certainly increasing the sales of those drinking birds is that Herb says, you know, a simple idea, well marketed. Hmm. And then they've inadvertently given it a shitload more marketing. Extraordinary marketing. Um, extraordinary marketing. And uh, uh, thereby secured whatever the fuck that company is as a household <laughs> name for the ages. Yes. Household bird name. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the guy that invented it was called Harvey. Harvey Drinking Birdman. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, okay. Attorney at court. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that caught me off guard. So I got you while you were drinking. I had a mouthful of beer for that one, Joe. <laughs> but anyway, uh, how about the wackiness of this episode? Was this a particularly wacky Simpsons? I mean, there was a lot of cum in it. That's pretty wacky. And in order to amount of cum. <laughs> I mean, the fact that if you take the invention at face value, the fact that a bunch of goo goos and gagas <laughs> can be understood by millions. I mean, what is this? Dance Monkey by Tones and I? Thanks for stepping on the joke. Different song, it's fine, we're on it. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's wacky that he makes a machine that can, that can translate babies. Yes. I love that little convention at the end they go to where the items include a dog and a ball. <laughs> it's just a dog and a big old ball. That's good. And uh, Frank just killing his child. Frank kills a also kid. Also good. His kid. Which to me is pretty funny. <laughs> you like child death? I mean, I like that child's death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get us out of this one with another wacky um, thing. In the awards ceremony, not sure if you noticed this, Elliot, but if Homer is guaranteed to win the award, why did they put him in a box at the back of the theatre? That makes it very hard for him to come down to the stage to collect the award. And then Uh, He made short work of it in the end. (laughs) Well, yeah, but when he falls out of it, he lands and there's a bunch of, like, instruments clattering. So he fell from a box at the back of the room and landed on the orchestra pit, which is traditionally <laughs> the thing that's right in front of the stage. I like to imagine they put him at the back because they had just so little to do in this awards ceremony yeah. that they needed to pad it out a bit. Oh, so they were going to turn it into a bit. To have him walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also love that the theme from The Simpsons starts playing when he wins. I like the idea that within the world of The Simpsons, mm. this is just like a... 
a nice theme that will get played at ceremonies like this. Exactly. Danny Elfman was the band leader in the orchestra pit, who is now dead. <laughs> yes, he got crushed. Crushed. And the rest of the series... Is a Danny Elfman death dream. Every piece of music you hear... It's from the ghost of Danny Elfman. <laughs> ghost of Danny Elfman. If you'd like to be on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Please hit us up. Um, I think that's him right now. <laughs> I think, yeah, you were saying it before. Yeah, the whole baby mon... Uh, fuck, I keep saying monitor. The whole baby translator thing, baby bit ridiculous. Monitor, but, you know, the jokes along the way are fun. And, like, there is something funny about the translator giving Danny DeVito's voice saying baby things. I love it so much. I love the extremely dry delivery he gives. <laughs> it is so wonderful. Just, you know, I have sold myself. How embarrassing. This leash demeans us both. Ah, ah, it's... I love Where it. Where did you go? It makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, there you are. Very amusing. <laughs> the number of times I've said this leash demeans us both. <laughs> it's just... It's good gear. <laughs> I actually forgot in the previous episode the amount of times that I've said those little balls on the antenna, every car should have one of those. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. Just yeah, these... The number of times I've combined the two and said those little balls demean us both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was this a particularly heartfelt episode? I really think it is. I think um, beyond the really obvious like stuff about Homer reconnecting with his brother... I think there's a lot of really nice stuff in the margins of this one. I really like that the kids are now referring to him as Unky Herb exclusively and how enthusiastic they are. Yep. And this this episode has a really lovely little moment in it that I think about all the time and it makes me like weirdly sad. When Herb comes in and Marge comes to greet him and just like in the animation, Herb sort of like reaches out his hand and Marge just like immediately hands him Maggie mm. and he just holds Maggie protectively. Partly because there's a lot of stuff in The Simpsons about Marge not really trusting Homer with Maggie. Mm. It's like a, a frequent thread where Homer's not really able to look after his daughter. Whereas Herb just immediately, you know, Marge feels very comfortable handing the baby off to him. Yeah. And I don't know, it just sort of speaks to like this friendship these two characters could have that is never really explored further, I think. Like this sort of obvious comfort between them. I don't know, like this mo- there's something about this little moment that I think about in my um extremely uh, in-depth, ridiculous, unnecessary thoughts about The Simpsons. <laughs> and you can hear more of them on Pods in the Key of Springfield, available now on all your podcasting You yeah. can, we, we have covered this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to like, subscribe and pester us to record and upload more. Yes. <laughs> and make more t-shirts, they're selling well, you doubled your sales. Oh, like yeah. absolute hotcakes. In that people tend to, you know, we sell three at a time. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> And they're all covered in whipped butter and maple syrup. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, have you guys ever, like, had a shortage of hotcakes when you've gone to buy them? A shortage? No, I, I don't think I've ever uh, experienced a paucity of hotcakes. Well, I just tend to make my own. You just buy the flour and the eggs and the milk and everything. Oh. Fuck. someone's got flour milk eggs and everything money (laughs) but yeah i love yeah like you said and i felt like her her and marge catching up you know at the start was kind of a callback to the last episode and yeah his interactions with the kids is great his stuff with maggie is beautiful and it's pretty lovely yeah the only thing that bothers me about the heart of the episode and you've 
you kind of got to buy into the idea that it was entirely Homer's fault, the events of the last episode. And when you kind of reframe it on the idea that Herb probably should have done some due diligence, all this seems like a bit of overkill, Herb's reaction, Mm. that is. Yeah, on some level. There is def I don't know, like I buy into the central idea of an animosity and a distance between them, Mm. even if the specifics are a little iffy, I think. Yeah. I think I buy into like the dramatic stakes of it, even though, yes, Herb is uh, maybe getting away with less blame than he should. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, even then, it sort of leads to funny material, like Herb punching Homer is just amazing comedic timing on both accounts. And Homer is a little bit of a dickhead just generally, so, <laughs> yeah. you know. All he needs is, all he needs is, is a punch in the face. <laughs> I also, I, there's a scene right at the end where... Herb goes in for a hug, and Homer says, I've never really hugged a man before. I was thinking, that is such an early 90s thing. Like, the idea of somebody on television, like, who would say now they've never hugged a man? Like, unless you're fucking Tim Allen in, like, uh, whatever that show is about being a cuck or whatever. uh... Home home Improvement? Yeah. What do you mean? Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, Tim the Cuck... Tim, Tim the Cuckman Taylor, as you just rebranded him, <laughs> and yeah, I've I've never really hugged a man before. It's one of those things that, what, eighty eight years after this episode first aired, you look at it and go, ah. But you also totally buy that Homer has never really hugged a man before. Oh, yeah. Makes complete sense for his character. That's true. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes, I would say it feels very much like an episode. It feels. Very Schwartz-Weldian in places. Like, from the very opening, mm. I was thinking, because, you know, you do research, we don't. I was sort of thinking, is this a Schwartz-Welder where, you know, Lenny comes to the physical just completely naked and then asks to borrow Homer's underwear and then Homer eating the <laughs> chicken in the, the tank? All of that, I'm like, this, this feels very classic Schwartz-Welder, Simpson-y. And, yes, I thought um, all these sort of, you know, familial conflict in there feels very familiar the ridiculousness of the plot the way things escalate in weird ways and then de-escalate again feels very classic simpsons the eating in the tank thing is one of those things where um i think for a while the simpsons ruined my life because the bluntness of (laughs) hey no eating in the tank go to hell (laughs) that kind of and it's not in the the bart like the antagonistic little troublemaker go to hell homer's just confidently saying no i'm just gonna do this go to hell (laughs) and i reckon for about a decade i thought it would be really funny to just have that persona all the time (laughs) and i told lots of people usually uh medical staff giving me tests to go to hell and uh yeah i'm not sure in retrospect that that was a good idea Mm. especially when you're eating chicken drumsticks Especially when I'm eating chicken drumsticks in a flotation tank. Do I think this felt like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes, I do. Yeah, you know, talking before about, you know, that episode was still laying the foundation. Feels like, yeah, Simpsons at this stage are very much within their stride. Like I said, dodgy production aside, yeah, it doesn't really matter because, yeah, all the characters are behaving like themselves. Mm. It's a good episode. But yes or no, would you watch it again? Yes, I would, Kent. Yeah, I would definitely watch this one again. Like, I might go out of my way to watch this one again. All right. Well, if you're going to watch it again, think about what playlist you'd put it in. What episodes pair well with this one? Ooh, uh, couch episodes. This is one of the things that I was thinking, and maybe I should have brought this up in the section where we talk about whether we've seen it before and, you know, what we thought of and how it, what it means to us. Mm-hmm. I've always really, like, empathized with Homer's love for his couch. 
Like, there's something about that whole thing that mm. really connects with me. And I've just, I've just thrown out my couches because I've just moved house, mm. and my partner had better couches than me, so I got rid of my couches and now have a much more comfortable couch. Mm. Still a bit of a shit couch, so it'd be nice to get a nicer one, but it is a lot less shit than the one that I had. Mm. And at this point in my life, the idea of actually owning a nice couch. Uh, seems like a thing that's slightly outside of my grasp, but the idea, the idea of having a really nice couch and growing attached to it really speaks to me, so, uh, I forget what the question was, but couches, (laughs) couches are great. I don't want to burst that couch bubble, but I genuinely think that the couch is always greener on the other side. I think, (laughs) and, and what I mean by that is every time you go around to someone's house, you sit in their couch and go, fuck, this is great. And whoever owns it says, nah, I don't know. I think when, when you've got it every day, every couch has deficiencies in it. I suppose okay. you might be right. That's true. <laughs> it's a, because, I, look, I'm, I'm not trying to big note myself here. I get quite a few compliments for both of these couches. Well, lady does. I don't like either of them anymore. <laughs> the, and uh, if you can't be with the couch you love, honey, love the couch you're with. <laughs> I really, I really connected to the, the line. Uh, you, you're gonna go back to where you came from. The curb in front of Flanders' house. That is where quite yes. a bit of the furniture in my house came from. Yeah, just found it on the street. Well, yeah, like because uh, recently I threw down for very nice recliners, and you know they are very nice couch, but I've still got the shitty old couch that I inherited at my inner city shitty apartment. And it's a bad couch, but it's so much more comfier and it's so much better to have couch naps on than the nice ones. So, yeah, I'm glad I kept it. For sure. Yeah, I've legitimately forgotten what the question was. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Simpsons Playlist. What other episodes? Oh, sure. Silly award ceremonies. That seems like a thing that happens. Conventions. Yeah, that's right. Sports people playing themselves. Especially boxers, yeah. Uh, On the couch as well um and tying in with the last episode yeah lisa and bart being in cahoots when they do break the couch yeah again oh, very yeah. Nice bart and lisa being kids in this episode just looking at my notes and thinking about all the stuff that i haven't even mentioned this is a really stacked episode there's a lot of really funny stuff in here is there anything you'd change about it though Ooh, uh look you shouldn't give children memberships to the nra <laughs> <laughs> or anyone mm. yeah i mean I guess I might change that, although I do really enjoy the line about where Bart talks about one of the advantages of machine guns being that you can spell things out with them. <laughs> I feel like as a video game player, that uh, that makes sense to me. I do enjoy, obviously it's not great to give a 10-year-old boy an NRA membership, but I do enjoy that they get a slight dig of, oh, can I get armor-piercing cyanide tip bullets? Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane of course it's in, you can. The it's in the constitution so yeah. a nice little jab a nice little drive-by for the nra the only thing i might change is i would as we sort of said before maybe try to deal a bit more with the murkiness of the fact that it's not just straight up homer's fault that everything that happened happened mm. to herb mm. no that just perfectly leading into what i'd change i just i want homer to say that to Herb. It wasn't all my fault. You put me in charge without uh, any oversight. I didn't know what I was doing. You gave me false confidence. Like, just do, something, do, do. anything. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a weird moment when uh, when Herb asks what Maggie wants and she goes, I want what the dog is eating. And Homer goes, doll? Like, mm. what? 
Oh, I assume it's because he thinks that that's binding and final. <laughs> and, oh, that, right. and, and that Herb's going to go, well, then that's what you're going to get. I'm Marge. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Did you just say howdy, howdy, howdy? Yeah, it was, it was Marge doing the dinosaur from Toy Story. <laughs> it's a shark. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, is that a shark? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was a shark in Toy Story. Would have eaten all the other toys, James. <laughs> Have you seen Toy Story? I've seen Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. Not the fourth one? Is there a fourth one? <laughs> it sucks. It is okay. It is a real three-star uh, movie. <laughs> man, I saw it on a plane, and I've usually got so much more tolerance for bullshit, but fucking hell, that movie just drags. The thing, Okay, the thing about that movie is it's not great, but Forky, we stand a legend. I love Forky. I'm yeah. all about Forky. Tony Hale's really good. Forky's a lot of fun. Did they call it that because it was the fourth one? And in the in Toy Story 5, there'll be 5-key, oh. and then 6-key, and 7-key. <laughs> but not 8-key, that'll be enough. Speaking no. of key, key and peel are pretty good in it as well. But Toy Story has <laughs> got the problem that it's been like this snowball that's just picked up so many characters over the years that in that movie, like, every character only gets one line because there's fucking 50,000 of them. It's a little bit like the first episode of The Great British Bake Off where you barely get introduced to the bakers because there are so many cakes to judge. <laughs> that's, that's also true. That's I'm also just, true. I'm just winding it back to things that I know. <laughs> the other thing about Toy Story, I think, is like... You know, in the second movie, they start to really, like, deal with how weird it is that the toys are alive and, you know, what that actually means for, the like, the world the film is set in. Mm -hmm. But then they just have to keep doing it. And at a certain point, I think they hit diminishing returns where it's like, you just have to accept that this doesn't really make sense and just move on from it. Mm. And I think by the fourth one, like, it's crawled up his own ass a little bit. Yeah, definitely deep up there. so yeah, oh bro, can you spare some dough? Great episode of The Simpsons. Oh yeah, Nick, what would you change? Oh, there's one line I would change. When Herb says, discarded pizza boxes are an inexpensive source of cheese. Wrong. They're a free source of cheese. This line <laughs> shits me so much. Discarded pizza boxes are not inexpensive. You don't have to pay anything for them. They're free. Ah, but Nick, eating old cheese, uh, there is a price to pay. Oh, I see what you've done there, Elliot. Actually, maybe you need to buy a hammer to like open up the dumpster behind the pizza shop. There are no hammers and no dumpsters. But I think, to be honest, E Train, if they crowbar off of that joke and said, "All things considered, discarded pizza boxes are an inexpensive source of cheese," I think it would be a funnier joke. All things considered, (laughs) yeah, and that and and that's all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, we're here. Do you guys have any other notes? I've got a few things I don't think we touched on. Uh, Burns hating his lawyers is really fun, I think. That early scene where he keeps yelling at his lawyers about what vultures they are. I think Harry Shearer is really good in that scene. I think it's fun, and I like it. It's interesting that Burns, of all people, is taking this stance, given his you know history of um, moral bankruptcy. It is funny, isn't it? It is weird. Yeah, it feels it feels interesting to be someone who works as a lawyer and seeing that even Burns doesn't have the <laughs> the moral fortitude to be nice to you. But it is like a sort of a like an hypocrisy of his character. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I really like the way he keeps like snapping back towards being nice with them. It's just uh, one of those funny like Burnsian things. You know, back when they had multiple angles to this character, and he could do a lot of different things. Yeah, hmm. but. 
Nick, were you offended at his rantings and ravings? No, it's alarming how quickly as a lawyer you get used to people just kind of yelling at you <laughs> for stuff. Oh, Nick. <laughs> and you just kind of go, oh. Yeah. yeah. No, but it, it's more on the lines of, I know that you're not actually frustrated with me. You're frustrated with the process. I'll just sit here and take it and then we'll move on. <laughs> Sorry, was that answer was that answer too real? Isn't it funny that we both have jobs that have like weird hate movements towards them? <laughs> Wait, what are you? I'm a video game channelist. Oh yeah, oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Wikipedia page about the group that came after us. No, that's true. <laughs> oh man, I really love the design on Herb when he's homeless. I like that they make his weird uh, mouth stubble thing grey, mm. and he, you know, I love his sort of dishevelled appearance. The whole thing about the Mickey Mouse massage parlor <laughs> is great. I love that joke. I said I'd remove the mouse and put his pants back on. <laughs> I love love the scene where he accidentally goes to the Flanders house mm. and then as it is Tithe Day and they've got themselves a transient. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the perfect encapsulation of the early version of Flanders where the joke was that he was a perfect neighbor and that was irritating. Mm. I love that. DeVito's really good. As I am sure I have uh, gone over and over about. Uh, oh yeah, the guest star for this episode. Daniel DeVito, director of the movie Matilda. <laughs> Didn't he also star in Matilda? Yes, he did. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. With his wife, Rhea Perlman. Are they still together? Oh, is that his real wife? Yeah. They broke up, and then they got back together, and then they broke up again. And now I think they still live together, but they're not, you know, they're not in a relationship. Oh. I see. They're just very good friends. Interesting. I read his Wikipedia page yesterday in preparation. (laughs) (laughs) What was his height again? By far the most research I've ever done for a podcast. (laughs) I believe it was 147 centimetres. 147. Four feet, nine inches. (laughs) Uh, Herb mentions uh, my final notes. Now it's time, now it's time, final notes, whatever. Um, Now it's time, now it's time for my final notes. Elliot's final notes, final notes. Hey. I think I got that right. Yeah. It's fine. It's to the tune of the ABC News theme song. Oh my god, I've never realised that! <laughs> <laughs> no! I'm out of god. <laughs> there you go, fun fact for everybody. I don't think that's been mentioned before. Um, no, but that is, that's, a, that's a fun fact for fucking pothead nerds. <laughs> of which I am one. <laughs> when Herb is walking away from the Flanders house after they clean him up, the sky is very nice. Old Simpsons had these very nice gradients oh. in the sky. Oh, Elliot, I've got a bone to pick with you about that sky. Do you? I, I, did, damn it, Nick. I, I did a rant on this on this exact topic when we did this on Pods in the Key of Springfield. I'm very confused by what's going on because they're singing Onward Christian Soldier Marching Us to War and the design in the sky is the same as an old Japanese flag. Okay. And singing about war when the clouds and the sun form an old Japanese flag and it's not evening, he got there in the middle of the day, it all just feels a bit, hang on, is this gross? I don't know what they're trying to say. And the only reason that I think it's deliberate is I can't think of any other scene where the the clouds have been drawn in uh, lines that come into a concentric bit in the middle, like... Clouds tend to be scattered. They don't tend to come as... What's the word I'm looking for? What's the thing when things... Uh, like parallel lines eventually... Not parallel lines. When lines eventually a come bisect. back... And, converging lines? I don't know. It's a very oddly drawn sky that looks like a Japanese flag and they're singing an old Christian hymn about marching to war. 
No, I, I don't really have a point. It just feels a bit weird. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the picture on frinkyact.com, which is where I make most of the social media content. And uh-huh. yeah, it does sort of, the clouds look very purposefully arranged like that, where they're fanned out uh, wide and then they're getting smaller as they get closer to the sun. It does look purposeful. Exactly. And, and I think if you do a quick Google for like Japan rising sun flag, mm-hmm. it looks alarmingly close. Well, John Swartzwelder, I'm assuming you're listening. Yeah, if you'd like to appear on the show. Sorry, this is a bit from your podcast. <laughs> no, that's that's more than fine. I've just sent it. Not to- a bit. We actually want him on. <laughs> <I've just sent laughs> it I'm the- talking about the time machine, did it? <laughs> and my final note is, I love the washer and dryer race at the bar. I wish more bars would have. Ah, um, oh, that is ho- good. Home appliance races. That would be good gear. It's time to rank this thing, and Nick's turn to go first. Rank this thing. I think for this one... Did you just send me a rising sun? Yeah, I did. I sent it into the group chat. (laughs) Reads like a threat. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Like a declaration. Uh, Now that you've sent these two pictures... Look, to be honest, I'm not seeing like that direct a parallel, but I do get what you mean. I just... The clouds are so odd. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, What are you ranking it? Oh, yes, thank you for reminding me what the fuck I was supposed to be doing there. Um, I'm going to rank this one a gold. I don't think this is essential. I do think it's very good. Turns out the Herb Powell episodes are scoring two from two on the goldometer over here in uh, the suburb in which I live. All right, and Jackal, what do you reckon? Okay, so I've thought a lot about this, searched my heart. Uh, you know, we've discussed a lot. We've pointed out a lot of, you know, potential flaws in this episode. You know, things that maybe aren't as great. I don't think any of that shit matters. I think this episode fucking slaps. I like it so much. I think joke by joke, scene by scene, I was very invested in everything happening. I was laughing a lot. I kept thinking, oh, is that from this one? That sort of thing. I think there's so much packed into this we haven't even touched on how fucking great Danny DeVito is uh, but he's so wonderful a lot of great like little animation things in here that don't translate well to discussing on a podcast as well look this is going to be the first time that I've done this on your podcast I am going to give this failure the Simpsons Index Outstanding Achievement uh, Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence oh wow which is a cubic zirconia Amazing. Elliot, Elliot, is that going to be the new unanimous cubic? Oh! Oh! As in, I've ranked it gold, so obviously this isn't unanimous cubic, but that is the name for a unanimous cubic. Fuck! The Simpsons Index Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Mystery solved. (laughs) High five, Jackal. He's he's bloody done it again. (laughs) He's fucking done it. Oh... Man, uh, fucking 160 <laughs> episodes deep in the podcast run, but we got there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, man. And the, the crazy thing about that is that you know it's good because the general reaction is, oh, of course, it was there all along. Like, oh. And how many episodes do you have left that could potentially get that ranking? Like four or five? <laughs> it seems oh. like you've done most of that. No, fucking so many. Like, when we started the podcast, we are like, huh, we're burning a lot of the good classic episodes. We should, like, pump the brakes and try and focus on the lesser ones while we get good at this. And we're at that point now where it's just, yeah, we've got so much good shit coming up. Have you done Lemon of Troy yet? Yeah, that was actually one of our very early cubics. Ah. Lemon of Troy might be a perfect episode of television. Oh. I sometimes think it might be the best episode of The Simpsons. So, like, top five. 
Um, oh yeah, what am I ranking it? I'm giving it a gold as well. Um, it's weird because I almost want to give it Cubic because I liked it more than the other one, but I think what's bringing me down is, yeah, just Herb's a bit of a shit to Homer and that kind of bums me out a bit. But yeah, like you were saying, joke to joke, it's fucking fantastic. So, And also, he's played by Danny DeVito. What's that to love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, guest star for the episode, Danny DeVito. Yeah, damn right it is. Height 147 centimetres. Yeah, there we go. And this will be a shiny gold. And this will be the third episode from season three to be called a shiny gold. It'll be joining Dog of Death and Burns Verkuffen to Craftwork. Excellent pronunciation. Ooh. Yes. Kind of looking at that, I thought maybe Dog of Death is a bit high, but yeah, whatever. Which one's Dog of Death? <laughs> Jesus, Nick, when we put the DVD in earlier, yeah. you said, oh, Dog of Death, that's a good episode. And then you said that was the only <laughs> name you recognised. No, I didn't. It was a joke when I said it was the only name I recognised. <laughs> I know oh, there was also Colonial Homer, the one where they're all dressed up as Victorian dandies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Dog of Death is the one where he gets the twisted stomach. With oh. the lottery. Yeah, okay. <laughs> where Santa's little home gets lap dancer. I really love the scene in that episode where Grandpa says, I knew we wouldn't win, and Homer says, why did you tell the rest of us? Why did you keep it a secret? <laughs> that moment's a cubic. Rest of it's gold. Very good. All right, well, look, that does it for the Simpsons Index, and that does it for the big two-part special. James, Nick, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find you? Ooh, well, we have a podcast together. It's called Pods in the Key of Springfield. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, I work for the website GameSpot at the moment, so I guess you can read me on there every day. I'm on there. Uh, every day? Yeah. It's like my job. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, Someone, someone's a busy boy. So you can read me there and in a few other places. Um, I think by the time this comes out, I might be in the most current issue of Wireframe magazine. Maybe not. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter. I'm J-I-C-K-L-E. It's spelled Jickle, pronounced Jickle. Fantastic. And Nick, do you want to be found? Yeah, Nick Ibis on Twitter, N-I-C-K-I-B-I-S. And then, you know, pods in the key of Springfield. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Awesome. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, uh, for this big two-part special. I've been Elliot Jaranil. That's all the mustard in the house. Oh, Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes! What's a moment from the best of the worst that stuck out to the best from the worst of the best stuck out to you, for better or worse? No, I, I, ask, I ask everybody else first. Oh, and, fair enough. And then I pick up the scraps. Yummy, yummy, good scraps. BT, how about you? Well, for better or worse? Beach, can I borrow your pen for this next bit? Thank you. You can reach that? Oh, you should be a I have a lifetime of picking up pens off the ground. As you've noticed, <laughs> I drop them a lot. <laughs> oh, that's Shit. all right. It's good to do a podcast again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been an interesting, um, uh, you know. Yeah. They say you, uh, you never forget how to ride a bike. Well... I think we kind of did forget how to ride this bike, <laughs> but it, 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 it worked out fine. Look, I have broken my knee <laughs> during this podcast. Yeah, I was wondering if we should get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm currently looking at a box of uh, someone bought me the Frozen 2 Monopoly set. Of course. For my birthday. I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet, but I have the Monopoly set. How have you not? I've seen Frozen 2. I don't give a shit about Frozen I know, but you were... Well, to be fair, you very kindly offered me to get into a press screening that you had a plus one for. You weren't just... I wasn't getting in undergrounds of subterfuge. Well, they didn't actually end up eventuating. I was just going to, like, go to a regular screening with you. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> it just, it came into cinemas at a really bad time for me. December slash January is the time where I'm drunk all the time. <laughs> I, I can't go to a children's film while By I'm December drunk. to January, do you mean January to December? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got me. <laughs> oh, I bloody got you. <laughs> I had a note, I've written down Mother of Pearl, and I don't remember the context of why Mother of Pearl is the thing that's said, mm-hmm. but the, re- okay. the reason I wrote it down is the phrase Mother of Pearl reminds me of a toothpaste ad from the 90s, when there's a woman sitting in front of a, a class, she's a, a primary school teacher, like a kindy teacher, yep. and she says, oh, now kids, what colour are my teeth? And smiles broadly and gestures to her teeth. And all the kids say things like, off-white, stucco, um, and all these like, you, <laughs> you know. You look like fucking shit, lady. <laughs> uh, ivory, uh, antique, weather, bo- you know, all these things. And then one kid at the end just goes, mother of pearl. And it always made me laugh the way they delivered that line. Uh, so Just like that wee big sad that I'm always thinking about. Which is this one? Where it's like they have a bunch, they have a line of kids and they say 9 out of 10 nutritionists recommend kids eat wheat bix But the kid who says recommend, I always really oh, enjoy. He does. He puts 9 some, out mm. of 10 nutritionists recommend. <laughs> recommend. <laughs> He's just got the deepest voice. <laughs> And those are my final notes on Yo Bro Got Any Dough Though. <laughs> on this, the serial index. 